It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. Once again, this episode is brought to you by Challenge Mania Live, Denver, Colorado. That is Saturday, June the 8th, a 1 p.m. meet and greet and a 3 p.m. live show at the Denver Improv. Tickets are available at challengemania.live if you want to come and hang out with me. Derek Kaczynski, Nehemiah Clark, Kellyanne Judd, and more guests to be announced. And during this podcast, I'm going to let you know about a little bit of extra info we got. The fun is not going to stop at the Denver Improv. There's going to be some other opportunities, not just to see your favorite challengers on stage. There might even be an opportunity for you to train for you to learn from some challenge legends. That's right. You're going to listen to this podcast and you will find out later on. But okay, you didn't come for me. You didn't come for me. You came for D, but not D Nguyen. If you came for D Nguyen, that was the last episode. Go back and listen to episode 117. This is episode 118. You still came for D, but when I mean D, I mean my bro. I'm his bro. He's my bro. And on the line today, we've got Maddie bro. What's up, D? DKO, what's up? Derek Kaczynski, how are you, brother? What's up? What's up? What's up? Um, nothing. I just came back from a pretty awesome baseball game, kids baseball game. Yeah, how was uh, won, uh, they won in seven innings. A uh, won a two-one ball game in seven innings. My son had uh, scored one of the runs, uh, and probably with all due respect, if your mom or dad is listening to this, I mean, what are the chances this kid's mom or dad are listening to this? Probably zero to none. Um, he's probably probably the worst kid on the team, and he got the game-winning hit to end the game. Uh, had a runner on third, and he goes out there and he gets a base hit against the guy that's like throwing fireballs. It was like. The most amazing thing ever, dude. And uh, just really proud of the kids today, man. It was they did a great so what job. What you say is, what yeah. you say is, the kid does not have the the makings of a varsity athlete. Yeah, not yet, not yet. But you know, there is a nicer way to say that. You don't have to say the worst kid on the team. You can say a kid who's been struggling in practice, a kid who doesn't necessarily have his confidence yet, cracks one off of the best pitcher in the league. Now I think he's got that confidence. See, that's what they call a positive spit. 
That was good. That was good. I need to work on that. I need. I should probably work on that. Yeah. And it's probably one of the reasons why they put me on reality TV because sometimes I don't. Are you think. the coach of the team or an assistant coach or anything? Uh, yeah, I just help out. I help out because yeah. I never know when I'm going to be at Challenge Mania Live or if I've got to, you know, do this or that. And so I. What's well, probably I good? I would say it's probably for the best, just in case. The kids, uncle, cousin, mother, father, neighbor are challenge maniacs and it gets back to him. It's not like, oh, did you hear the coach said that Timmy's the worst kid on the team? Yeah. No, nah, it's just I, that well, guy who hangs around. You know, it's, it's almost like, and, and I think a lot of coaches, like I, I would, obviously I wouldn't say that like straight up, you know what I mean? If they were like, it's just, it's like locker room talk, man. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's not something, you know, you would blast everybody, but he's, you know, you know, clearly not, you know, one of the best, but yeah, he's been struggling he's in practice. Better. Doesn't necessarily, he's getting better. That's what you say. He's, he's getting he's good. Getting better. And, and the thing is, is like, just because I say that doesn't mean I give up. I don't like give up on these kids, bro. I'm, I'm in these kids ears, teaching them from like ground zero. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm teaching them like, uh, like if you're sitting out, you're playing catch with the, with the left fielder to get them warmed up and you're bringing in the balls. Just like, just like you look, just like they do in the major leagues all the way up. You got somebody playing catch with the left fielder, even when you're sitting out, you know? So it's like, you know, I, I really take my time and, and, and care for these kids when I'm coaching and teaching. It's, uh, and, and, and besides that, besides just the, the, you know, the last kid, you know, on the team, you know, I've got my son there and he had a great game too, you know, and, and it wasn't that much. It was like him, like catching a ground ball and making the play at first. Uh, you know, from third base. The fundamentals, D. The fundamentals. Yeah. It was just simple stuff. You know what I mean? He almost collided with the kid. He dove for a ball. These are like leaps and bounds. You know what I mean? Like he collided with the kid and the other kid caught the ball and called him off. You know, but I didn't hear him call him off. It was just like a bang, bang play. And you didn't know which one of the kids had it. But it was during an important situation during the game. You know what I mean? Last time he missed a ground ball. That was within arm's reach. He didn't die for it. Today, he dove for it. You know, so like you just see these things, you know, you just see all these kids progressing and it's awesome. They're undefeated. They're undefeated. Wow. And and we're in the sixth inning. The the uh, the game's essentially supposed to be over. And the coach from the other team goes, hey, listen, we got 10 minutes left. Do you guys want to play a seventh inning? You want to try it out? And of course, you're like, oh, yeah, your kid, you've got your ace, ace up there right now. And he's throwing heat. Yeah, you want to play one more, one more inning. So we end up playing one more inning and we, we win it in the b- bottom of the seventh with this kid that's, uh, you know, just progressing. Just, it was awesome, man. Sorry. So, sorry, everybody. No, sorry. Everybody. It, you know what? Sorry. It's perfect. It's perfect because it sounds like you'd be quite the fellow to learn from, to get coached by, especially, I mean, we're talking about the baseball field right now, but especially in the, in the gym, in the, in the training zone. And what we're going to offer our challenge maniacs in Denver is a one of a kind opportunity. I've been chatting with our girl, Emily Schramm, who, as some of you guys know, opened up her own gym in Denver over the past year called Platform Strength. Now, we're still ironing out the details. Emily's got a fitness sort of competition during Challenge Mania Live, so she's not sure she's going to make it down to the Denver Improv. She's going to try to make it towards the end of the show. Probably Definitely won't be at the meet and greet. Maybe at the end of the show she'll come by. But here's what we're going to do on Sunday. For VIP meet and greet ticket holders of the Challenge Mania Live show, we're going to do a little morning workout at Platform Strength 
with D and Emily. And if you have a VIP meet and greet ticket and you want to come down to this, you can participate in the workout and learn some tips from D and no offense, D, but Emily Schramm, who like, I don't know if you follow her on Instagram. Well, I do know you follow her on Instagram. I mean, she is just a fitness legend at this point. Yeah. So did, did, did she come on the podcast and, 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 and tell us, tell everybody where that journey started? You're the one who actually, yes, you take credit for creating the CrossFit <laughs> beast that is Miss yeah, Emily Schramm, no. so, you know, owner of here's Evolve the Motion, thing. owner of the Impact, owner it, of a million different companies. She's got her the, own T. Here's the thing. I, I don't, I don't take credit. I showed her a notebook and I, I, sh- I showed her, you know, some, 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 movements that you put together and 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 you and you you planted the seed and you do it for time you planted sure. the seed that grew into a big tree that is now fitness god he, emily Schramm. that's what you and did here, and here's the thing she's not doing crossfit anymore that's that's the difference it's it's her own uh programming it's her own gym it's her own thing yeah, and that's it's what M-fit. she's going to be showing it's you M-fit guys. Exactly. Pl- pl- platform strength. Exactly. So that's what you guys are going to get. That proprietary workout scheme from Emily and also Derek is going to show you a few things. I don't know if you've been seeing Derek's Instagram. He does those handstands where he walks on his hands. He's been swinging on ropes. So more info to come. It's going to be Sunday morning, the day after Challenge Mania Live. So Challenge Mania Live, Denver Improv, 1 o'clock meet and greet, 3 o'clock live show on Saturday, June the 8th. On Sunday morning, June 9th. So if you're local to Denver, great. Clear your schedule. If you're traveling in, you haven't booked a flight yet, maybe book a later in the afternoon flight. Um, and we will be doing something at Platform Strength with Emily Schramm. Derek will be there. Nehemiah will probably roll through too. Who knows if Kellyanne will be there, but it will definitely be Derek. And Emily, I'll try to be there as well. So stay tuned for that. If you already have a VIP meet and greet ticket, you're good to go. If you haven't bought one yet and you want to be a part of the workout and also get the limited edition Craig Marrier poster that we're all going to sign for you at the meet and greet, if you want to be get the limited edition swag and the koozies and the stickers and all that good stuff, if you want to come to the pre-show meet and greet, hang out with Kellyanne and Nehemiah and whatever other guests we announce, get your meet and greet ticket and you're also good for the workout the next day. Or if you bought the GA ticket and now you're thinking, man, I want to do that workout too. Feel free to call the comedy club, call the Denver Improv. They will make sure that you get upgraded. I'm pretty sure you can just pay the difference and get hooked up with that VIP meet and greet ticket because we have a few of them left. So exciting news for Denver on the 8th of June. And I'm glad you went on that tangent about coaching kids up, D, because you're going to be coaching kids up on Sunday, June the 9th at Platform Strength. I couldn't be more excited because people are constantly asking. They're watching you guys on TV. They're watching you guys on social media. And, and you know, a lot of our listeners, a lot of the maniacs, they send us pictures wearing their challenge accepted shirts. They just finished a tough mutter. They just did a Spartan race. They show us, you know, we got our boy Dave Woods running miles every day. And people tell us they listen to our podcast in the gym. We got a lot of workout freaks out there listening to Challenge Mania. So exciting that now they can get out there with you, get out there with Emily and really kind of, you know, live out a dream. Cause a lot of the part of watching the challenge is watching you guys succeed physically. And I think that you guys inspire a lot of these people, and a lot of them are going to get to be there with you and learn from you in person. I think it's really cool. Look, you guys aren't going to learn how to walk on on your hands uh, that 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 day. Well, just, here, just let me saying. just throw I can't this teach you that, Scott. That's what you're saying. <laughs> but you taught the worst kid in the league how to win a baseball game the other day. So I think you could do anything. I his a lot of my coaching is is motivation based, Scott. So it was more of like telling him. Yo, 
a base hit wins the game, and I threw him my energy, and he did it. All right, so and I'm I, Tyrone, and I believe I have it on tape. I'm Tyrone from South Carolina, right? And I'm trying to do this handstand. I'm just not quite getting it. And what are you going to do? You're going to help me. You can put my legs up on the wall. You're going to talk. You're going to coach me up. You're going to tell it's all mental. And, and Tyrone's going to be walking across the, the room on his hands. I know it. I know he, it. He, he, Tyrone might be able to do it. Tyrone Actually, probably already I do be it. Able to, I may be able to do it, Tyrone, but the Tyrone's thing is, you're going to have to be able to stand on your hands first. Tyrone's one of the maniacs we know who's getting on a plane and coming to party with us in Denver. I know uh, a I lot of you guys awesome. are as well. We've seen a lot of you guys comment that you're uh, coming out. Randa, Mary, Michelle, Greg, we see you guys. We know you guys are coming to hang. Shouts to you guys. Shouts to everybody in Denver. Uh, Ashley, uh, Ashton, a lot of people in Denver who are reaching out and wanting to help out with the show, which is cool. We're going to have our boy Ethan Rosenwig will be in the house. I think Brian and Floyd is coming down to help out, so it's yeah. going to be a good time in Denver. And guys, if you want to start practicing now, if you want to start training now, you know you can go to theimpact.com slash mania. Use the code mania. You get 15% off the impacts, which you can use to train. They're really cool backpacks, too. If you just want to go to Starbucks, you need something to put your laptop in. They're good for that, too. But you could also load them up with weights. She sells the weights. She sells the accessories. And she's got a lot of cool swag, too. The shirts, the sweatshirts, the hats, the Evolve Motion stuff. It looks really good. So, uh, yeah, be prepared. I've brought my Evolve Motion backpack, my M-Pack, to, like, weddings. I've brought them to C- – oh, I, at that, I brought it to CT's wedding. I brought it to, to my brother's wedding. Why? It's just like a function – it's not just a functional workout tool, workout tool, but it's also just like a functional backpack that's good for all, all weather conditions. So, um, God, this Challenge Mania Live is in, in Denver is really sounding like it's, it's rounding out to be like this – you know, like a reunion, like we did a couple uh, for the Dirty Thirty reunion. We had the workout, we had the um, it we had is the a workout, like we had the cocktails, we had the comedy hour. We are working on fun. some other stuff too, but that's coming down the line. But we're working on some other stuff too. We'll be dropping some info on you in the coming weeks. You know, we'll have another guest for you too for that live show. So uh, keep it coming. Ticket sales have been great so far in the first week. There are still a few left. You can go to challengemania.live for tickets. Uh, before we get to our guest, who's speaking at Emily Schramm, a lot of people have compared her to her in that physical dominance area our girl maddie bro is joining us on the show today one of the brightest young rookies coming from party down south on cmt now she is one or two eliminations here away from the final um her partner throughout this season was kyle kyle obviously no longer with us on the show he goes down at the hands of theo we saw that last night but uh but maddie is here to talk about that but to also talk about the season that was how she came to be a part of the challenge this episode is brought to you by paramount plus Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Whether she's aware of the history of the challenge, and uh, she's really fun. I think you guys are going to like it. You guys have been begging for this interview for a while. On Twitter, I'm at Shot of Jaeger. He's at Derek MTV. He's also at Derek MTV on Instagram. On Instagram, I'm at Scott of Jaeger. You've been hitting us up on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash Challenge Mania Podcast. Patrons have been hitting us up privately at patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. That's where you go if you want to hear our bonus podcast like The War Room. We have a brand new War Room up right now talking about last night's episode where Kyle went home at the beginning of the episode. We have that for you right now. If you go to patreon.com slash Challenge Mania, you can listen to us break down that entire episode. We do that for our Maniac Level patrons, but we've been getting people writing me privately. Hey, Scott, I'm a patron. I just want to give a little bit of uh, input here. I don't know if you want to listen to me. We really want to hear from Matty Bro. Can we get Maddie, bro? 
And I'm like, okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. So we finally got her on the line. She's a busy gal, but we got her ready to break it down with, uh, with Maddie. And before we do that, I just want to give you guys a heads up because I know D wants to talk about Game of Thrones. I want to talk about Game of Thrones. A lot of people want us to talk about Avengers too, but you haven't seen Avengers yet, right? I have not. So we'll say that. I'm going to go this weekend with Lil D. I'm cool. t- I got a little so you're man going to see Endgame this week. So maybe next yep. week we'll talk about Avengers Endgame. By then, I think some more people will have seen it. So the spoilers won't be. First of all, LaShawn McCoy running back from the Bills. Don't go check his Twitter. But, man, this guy spoiled Endgame like three days after it came out on his Twitter. And just don't go look at it. Don't look at it. Don't search LaShawn McCoy. Just Ooh. take my word for it. The guy Ooh. spoiled like the biggest plot point in the movie on his Twitter. And he's officially – he was on my Dynasty football team for a while. And now he's done. He's cut. Uh, but, I mean – so we don't want to spoil it for anybody. We also don't want to spoil Game of Thrones, which biggest episode maybe of all time. So what we're going to do is at the end of this episode with Matty Bro, if you've seen episode three, The Long Night of Game of Thrones, we will talk about it in the outro. So that way, and we'll give you another heads up too if you want. Well, you know, we'll talk about Matty a little bit. We'll talk about the interview, and then we'll say, all right, guys, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. That'll be the last thing we discuss. All right. So that way, none of you guys have to worry. None of you have to fast forward. All right, let's go to Matty Bro, not Matty LeBro, as I used to think it was. But follow Matt. her on Twitter at Maddie L Bro. And it's bro spelt like uh B R Maddie L B R E A U X. Hit her up, let her know if you heard her on Challenge Mania. Alright, ready to go? Let's go. Let's go. Born on the Bayou. Welcome to a podcast down south, everybody. We are joined by one of the brightest young competitors, rookies, if you will, on the Challenge 33 War of the World. She's still in it, fighting for a spot in the final. Miss Maddie Bro, how are you? Oh, that was a hell of an introduction. Thank you. I'm doing well. How are you guys? I want to know how many people just, you growing up, were like, what's up, bro? Oh my god, hey, I still get that. I still get it. And then <laughs> they give me the dap. So I'm like, okay, I'm one of the homies once again. There wow. we go. I have to confess, so you have your middle initial for Lynn in your Twitter name. And for months I was reading it as like Maddie Lebro, like like a French kinda because I knew you were from <laughs> Louisiana. I was yeah. like, Oh maybe it's like La Bro, La Rue, like kind of thing and just butchering it. Yeah, yeah, you really messed that up. Like, yeah. it's just Maddie Lynn Bro. Now, I am from South Louisiana, so it's like Cajun French, but it's just pronounced bro. So, yeah, you kind of messed that up a little bit. There's a uh, there's a wrestler named Matt Riddle, and he goes by the original bro, and when he wrestles, they chant bro, 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 bro. So I might try to find a clip of that so we can play that during your intro. That will even elevate it to new bro heights. Perfect. That's exactly what I want on Saturday nights. There you go. Um, so, so you you're from Louisiana. You live in Nashville. When did you make that transition? Um, about three years ago. So after I finished Party Down South, um, I lived in New Orleans for about a year or so, and then I had to go home. Just I needed some family time. Like after the TV show ended, just like. You know, the hustle and bustle of TV. So I just wanted to focus on my family and myself for for a change. So I did that, but then I got bored. So I'm like, all right, don't be scared. Take some risks. So I put L.A., Miami, and Nashville in a hat. 
And I pulled L.A. three times, and I was like, all right, I'm going to Nashville. <laughs> That's great. I was saying, one of those is not like the other. Like, I've been to all three of those cities. I go to Miami several times a year because my wife is from there. I was in Nashville a year or so ago, and I've been to L.A. a ton. L.A. and Miami, you got to love them, but especially depending on where you're living in either city, have a little bit of pretentiousness to them. And Nashville is just like the coolest, most down-to-earth place you could possibly live. How on earth did you come up with those three options? Well, just Miami is Miami. That's it. So I was like, I can go the fun route, the beach route, or like with TV and entertainment, L.A. is the spot. You know, you have some of the big names there. So to put yourself with those people are important is important. But then Nashville is just a small town but a city. So I I just for some reason have was drawn here. Like I'm not in music. I don't plan to be a singer. I'm not a songwriter. I just am more inspired by the artists and the songwriters and so it just drew me here and now I've been here for three years so it's kinda like home. You know, um, it's funny that you say that because I mean, the, everything that you just said was, is, is funny to me because I, I didn't know that party down south was over. I thought that it was, I thought that you were like at the draft that like party down south. She, she works at this bar and party down south is, is filmed there. You know, um, I, or I thought you were just like randomly working in Nashville for maybe the draft or something. And then, you know, party down South was in Florida or, or something along those lines. So I didn't know that it was, it was over. Can you give us like a, a brief rundown on how many seasons of party down South there was and how that whole experience treated you and why is yeah. it over? Well, so I started party down South, I think when I was 22, um, I was, so I'll just give you a rundown of like that whole, uh, experience for me. I was found at a beach party. I was dancing on a speaker wearing a horse head, I think, or like some kind of mask over my face. And apparently the casting directors were there and they saw me. And next thing you knew, I was on a plane to L.A. Uh, but, yeah, so that show's actually been over for almost at least three or four years. But wow. I've done five seasons plus special episodes. So I've done over 60 episodes total just for that show specifically and so basically it was the same concept and production as jersey shore but we were all from the south so we were from louisiana mississippi um, kentucky and all that vicinity we had i think five just from louisiana so should have been called the boot. <laughs> Could someone make the argument that Florabama Shore might be a bit of a, I don't want to say ripoff, so I'll say homage to Party Down South? Well, I mean, I like to give everyone a chance. Uh, and I've actually met some of the people from the cast, and they're just trying to do the same thing I did. So I can't throw any shade. Now, it is very similar. I mean, it is basically the same concept, except I was on CMT, which is country music television, and they were on MTV. Just to be clear, it was CMT's highest rated show. Ever. And I, ever, ever. And I, ever. I hear, I see here it did a, like almost a 930,000, so practically a million viewers of Party Down South. 
That's insane. A million viewers on any channel is insane. No offense to CMT, but it's not necessarily mentioned with the Bravos and the MTVs and the CBSs and the ESPNs of the world. That's a ton of viewers to watch people dance on speakers and horse heads. uh, (laughs) That's insane. So that's amazing. Baby got back. Baby got back. (laughs) And to anyone out there who thinks it's all about looks and you want to know, is it more about your behavior and your character or the way you look? Maddie Dunn get cast wearing a mask. So you're good. That's true. You're you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance to all of you out there. Just learn how to dance. Yeah, that's it. Or just have a vibe that people can feel. That's it. People just want a feeling. So, so Scott, what you're basically asking her is, was Florida Bama Shore, is it the predecessor? It's not the predecessor, No, no, no. Is was it? Party Down South the predecessor for Florida Bama Shore? Because they did yes. seven seasons, yeah, five of I, which yeah, Maddie was yeah, on, and Florida so. Bama Shore it, is re- really it, recent, yeah. And Maddie, you don't have to throw shade, but you can be like, listen, I party, we party more, we party harder, we, 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 do, we did more crazy shit. You can do that. You don't have to say that like, you know, we're better than Florida Bama Shore or anything like that, but I mean, you can go out on a limb and be like, Hey, you know, this is how we do it. This is how they do it. Can you do well, draw us any comparisons? Oh yeah, there's no comparison. So the first oh. night, the first night in our house, <laughs> we number one had to reintroduce ourselves because nobody remembered each other's name or knew where we were when we woke up. So our first night in the house is two episodes because we got that fucked up. They had to take alcohol from us. We were jumping in the water. We were jumping on in the water with the microphones, cannonballs swimming away. <laughs> we had, so we had safety meetings. We mics. had to, re- yes, we had to redo safety meetings because nobody <laughs> knew what happened. So it was like Groundhog Day, essentially. You guys had oh my God. Meetings? It was a shit show. It was Good safety absolute- meetings. Listen, yes. I had safety meetings when I worked in the oil field. I'm talking like, <laughs> Three times a, a shift, two, three times a 12 hour shift. We're having safety meetings so people don't get blown up. You guys had safety meetings at Party Down South? We had people drink each other's piss. <laughs> okay, hold yes. on. That's, that's gonna get a follow up question. So why, where, when, and how? Okay, so my first season in the house. We had the boys decided they wanted to have a drink and like uh, a night, a boys night. So the girls kind of like did face mask and went to bed early. Well, we get woken up by one of my best friends in the world. His name's Ryan. Well, AKA daddy, we call him daddy. And, uh, he is on a whole nother level and he wanted to drink pee. So he wanted to like a health thing. like, I mean, honestly, I did not ask. Why like a bucket list. This. I'll, I'll I, speak for him. It was on his bucket list. He wanted I, to drink piss for his first time. He was on a TV show. He was really hammered. Sounded like a good idea. And then what happened? It was Maddie? definitely in a bucket. I don't know if it was on his bucket list, but go ahead. Yeah. So he, he came, he comes in the house. He wakes me up and he's like, Maddie, I want to drink your whatever. And I'm like, all right, fine. You know, like, let's do it. So I get up. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. I'm like that. I shouldn't have probably did it, but whatever. So I got up, I pee, and then he, this, he goes outside and he funnels it. Oh my God. Can we get yes. footage of that so I can promote this podcast? It's with him on that? episode. So it's definitely on episode. So it was aired. It's season one of Party Down South and Merle's Inlet. So I am, this is, there's evidence. I am backing this shit up. 
If, if, if someone, if someone knows how to rip that and can send me the clip, whoever's listening, if someone's listening to this and can send me that clip, that'd be awesome. So, and then I'll use it and then I'll, 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 I'll put you on my, on my story. Yeah, just make oh sure D, you put the NSFW symbol or whatever when you're posting that. <laughs> but only people getting fired because their person comes over. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hovers over their desk. You know, I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday to do those TPS reports. What are you watching, Carl? Is that guy following <laughs> piss? Get out of here. Um, you know, it's funny, uh, Maddie, we ask people their casting stories on the show and most of the time it takes up a few minutes, but yours was like simple one sentence. I was at a party dancing with a horse head on and they cast me boom. So <laughs> my main follow up question is going to be based on when the challenge sort of started to come into play because, you know, in recent years, they've started pulling from similar reality shows from their own network. Then we've branched out to big brother and dating shows and stuff like that. CMT is not a network that you associate with MTV or make the transition to other reality shows correct me if i'm wrong so was there ever a dream to be on the challenge or be on another reality show what was your intention when you said okay you know what i'll do party down south five years later you're looking back on it you're like okay i guess this was my 20s but like did you have an end goal in mind well i had honestly when i started it was just it was a party it was the fun and stuff and then of course, like as I got older, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, my hangovers are lasting a little bit longer. So <laughs> there's got to be something more I can do, like maybe, you know, something else. And I've always been in the fitness. So I'm kind of a tomboy. I'm OK with it. I played sports growing up. Uh, what sports? So I played basketball. I played all star basketball. So like traffic, ba- travel basketball. And I played T-ball till like fast pitch. So I was a pitcher. So I played only until I was like 14, 15. So I didn't play high school or whatever, have my reasons, but I've always been in the sports, love sports. I mean, I was a cheerleader the whole nine yards. So fitness has always been a big part of my life. And of course, like, I mean, I've watched, so I watched more so the challenge when it was the real world row rules. Boom. She's an, so, she's an, she's an OG Scott. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw that, but after I got on TV, I didn't really watch TV. So, I mean, just because I'm more of a music person, so if I'm sitting at home, my TV is more than likely not on, only because I'd rather be more productive with my day and do stuff, which, you know, I support my friends and people, but, I mean, it was cool. When they um, contacted me, I called my mom. I'm like, oh, my God, like, this opportunity came and I wasn't sure about it because I hadn't been on TV for about two and a half years. But I mean, I've still been working out. So I was like, let's do it. Why not? I'm, it scared the shit out of me. So but so did Party Down South. So I was like, and that changed my life. So why not do it? Jessica wrote in. She said, just one question. I need to know how tall Maddie is. I am 
six foot tall. And for a woman, that's very tall. Yeah, man. I can't wear heels. It sucks. You can't wear heels. You don't need to wear heels. Yeah, they're sexy. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. But I, I, I feel like she can wear heels around Kyle, maybe. I feel like Kyle might even be wearing heels. Like, I could see uh-huh. Kyle wearing, like, cowboy boot, Like, those little, like, those little, like, heels. You know what I mean? He's kind of, like, you know, swanky a little bit, you know? It looks yeah, like he's definitely like got a style. Up. He's definitely got a style. I could see him in like booties. Yeah, something like And that. he probably would wear it well. Like Kyle yeah. has his fa- a fashion of his own cuz sometimes he'll walk out and I'm like, "Man, you're dressed better than me." And I'm in like Converse and sneakers. I'm like, "Shit." Um, Alyssa wrote in and said, Maddie, how did you get approached to be on the challenge? You mentioned you hadn't even been on TV in a couple of years. You're from a show that, I mean, you are patient zero as far as Party Down South coming on to the challenge. We've had, you know, if someone from Big Brother, say, gets called this year, it kind of makes sense because we've had Paulie and we've had Josh and other trailblazers. How was it explained to you that they found you? Were they literally watching every reality show under the sun? Was it your size, your athletic background that they thought might be nice to interject you into the fold? Because as you said, you hadn't been on TV in a while. You're from a show that there isn't a ton of crossover. I know there's a party element to it, but I personally don't know. To I mean, we have had a lot of people write in that they've watched the show, and it did a million viewers. So don't get me wrong. A lot of people watch it. I just wasn't familiar with it. When the casting person called you, did they mention what it was that got you under their radar? Um, no, I really didn't ask questions. I just <laughs> kind of like, – Where do I have to be? <clears throat> yeah, I was just like I knew – I wanted to try it and I've heard of the challenge and I had, of course, being on TV, I had met a few people. Um, but yeah, I never really asked, but, and I agree with you. I'm the first person from CMT from that network to be on the challenge. So it's definitely a different realm for them. And I, I mean, I'm very thankful for it, but I have no clue how I got on their radar, but I kept myself pretty relevant. I mean, even not being on TV, I, you know, I stayed consistent. You see me, they saw me, you know, I'm six foot tall. I'm kind of hard to notice. So speak. I don't think you're the first six foot tall female competitor on the challenge, by the way. Oh Two yeah. So I've heard. So. Uh huh. Uh huh. What have you heard? Um, so I hear about the girl, Emily. Oh. I've heard about, um, I'm not sure of her, the other name. Laurel. It's not. It's Is not- it Laurel? Laurel, that's it. Laurel. Yes. So I keep hearing about Laurel. Yeah. So Emily, Emily, Emily's not six foot tall, but Laurel, I think Laurel's is six, six foot. One. Okay. But you have been compared, and it's funny. Someone wrote in. Um, it was Elizabeth says, "How does it feel to be compared to Laurel and Emily Schramm?" You mentioned watching back when it was Real World Road Rules Challenge. I do believe both of them are from. You know, it had shifted to being kind of just shorthand the challenge. So, did you give up on the challenge before seeing Laurel debut or Emily Schramm debut? Are you familiar with them at all? I think I saw Emily, but only, like through social media and Laurel. Yeah. I, I never watched Laurel perform or, um, do any, yeah, which I've heard great things. So to compare me, I mean, I would say thank you, but I'm not sure. Yeah. 
It's not familiar. Coming from like athletics where I don't know if you guys would do this, but you know, I know, you know, uh, in certain individual sports, you might want to like get familiar with your opponent, watch tape on them, see what their tendencies are. I know uh, in a football context, you're watching game film of the other team, trying to scout them. Now that you've played the challenge and you're familiar with the format and, and, you know, how much maybe knowing somebody else's game from a social and physical standpoint might help you. Have you gone back and say, watch tape on a Laurel or an Emily or kind of, you know, scouted out more than just the folks you played with last season? Or are you just going to wing it if you go back and play again? I haven't, but God, now I have something else to do today. <laughs> Shit. I wanted to take the day off. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I gotta I go will. scout people. Now I gotta go do this <laughs> shit. God. No, but I mean, I will look into it. I'm just, I'm a confident girl and I am what I am, how I do certain things. And I mean, it is what it is. I'm not, I'll never be scared. I'll always give it a hundred percent. So, I mean, I'll go check it out, but it's never gonna like be my obsession or like I'm gonna sit there and like learn everything she does and this and that. Like, I'm just not, <laughs> I, I, I got, I got your, I got your next tweet right here. Can somebody please tell me, can somebody please t- send me game tape on all the best female com- top five female competitors, the challenge all time. And, and, and maybe a coach <laughs> and who maybe can a- do this for me and then tell me what to work on. Oh, <laughs> because, oh. Huh? Well, I'm just, you know, man, I'm, I also work the night shift. So for me to sit here and tell you that I've got a lot of time on my hands, I'd be lying. Were, were you, uh, I, I see people all the time posting in like the challenge fans group. They'll be like, Oh my God, just went out in Nashville and met Maddie. Um, and they're really excited because as I'm sure you've realized in just a few short months here, we call them challenge maniacs for a reason. People love this show. They get attached to you guys very quickly. They enjoy meeting you guys. You really are celebrities to a lot of people out there. How does that compare to doing party down south? Was there the same kind of, if someone ran into you and they watched the show, was there the same type of adoration there? And how would you compare the two fans? fan bases and experiences post show of being on CMT's highest rated show and now being on MTV's highest rated show or one of them, or at least certainly MTV's most beloved show for about 30 seasons now. Um, it's definitely different. So party down South, of course, I have more viewers from the South. So it was like, let's say I went to Florida, you know, South Carolina, Mississippi, Texas, like those areas, I was more well-known Whereas with the challenge, it's, um, it's a lot more. I mean, I go to Walmart, let's say I go to the grocery store, I'm pumping gas or of course, you know, people now know that I, I bartend. So it's definitely, uh, picked up. <laughs> I can say I do, I do take a lot of pictures and I'm pretty down to earth. So I love that people tell me hello. I like to see where they're from and say thank you. I mean, that's what makes the show the show. So I always make time to do that, but it's definitely a level up from party down South. You know, you guys do have amazing fans. Like they're like, I have been watching the challenge since whatever. We're so um, glad you're a part of this episode. So it's also welcoming too, because I've also, I haven't gotten that bad of hate wrath. So I've been accepted, which is great. I feel like a cool kid, but it's different. It's a little different, you know. I'm still learning, so. Yeah, you've got mainly positive 
uh, reinforcement, positive feedback, partially because you've played a pretty straight up game. You've been kicking ass out there, physically imposing, obviously. You haven't gotten into the weeds from a, a drama standpoint. You had an episode recently where, you know, you were sticking up for yourself and, and you went into that tribunal with, with Wes and everything like that, but no big fights or anything. You had the little canoodling session with Kyle. So, I mean, tell us, I mean, have you experienced any negativity at all? That's a rarity. I mean, like we use the word maniacs for the good and the bad. People are so, take the show so personally that sometimes they overreact to even the small comment quote game move or look that you might take part in on the show um has it just been unconditionally positive or have you gotten a taste of what uh this fan base can become at times oh no i've read it i mean i've had people <laughs> oh that's write, ironic that you, you use that word read it but go ahead yeah because i mean let's be real no one has <laughs> came up to me in person and said anything negative they're not no I won't even allow Well, they're not insane, Maddie. These people are, you know, they have a little bit of common sense. True, true. But, yeah, I mean, I just don't entertain it. And I know who I am and I know what I'm capable of. So I just I don't give it the time of day. As soon as you sit there and entertain that shit, they win. And that's just not my style. I'm not somebody who's going to sit here and talk shit. I'm going to show you. And that's it. And if you win, good for you. That means you earned it. If you if you know, if not, then. I, I went. So I just, I also like to stay out of drama. Now, don't get me wrong. If somebody comes at me a certain way, I will take up for myself. I will stand up for myself, but I'm just at a different spot in my life right now where I'm not going to entertain it. And if I feel differently than you, then we can agree to disagree. I just, you know, the whole high school spiel is just not for me anymore. Like I'm trying to be a better person every day. I'm not trying to go back and do certain things and I don't know. It's, it's different. It gets that way sometimes though. Like, in oh the, yeah, I can <laughs> in the believe challenge. it. Yeah. But I also was a rookie, so I didn't have the history yet. So a lot of the arguments and beef were because of the vets, you know, they've had history, they've had things. So anything that I was brought into was because of either a, my partner or because of the history of something else. So I didn't have any negativity or feuds with anyone because I was still new. So I also like to, I sat back a lot and watched because I'm pretty a big person. Like I'm a big personality, but being new and a rookie, I, you can't, I didn't want to overdo it. So I kind of just like sat back and watched how everybody interacted with each other and just getting used to the game, you know, filming the challenge from filming party down South is completely different and it was a whole new thing for me like the whole side the challenge gods were different to the party down south gods you know the cast was completely different so i just wanted to adapt and adjust as best as i could so what's it like having ultimately a goal on a daily basis with the daily challenges, you know, a lengthy goal throughout, make it as far as you can, win as much money as you can, get as much camera time as you can. I mean, all this stuff going on, whereas on Party Down South, correct me if I'm wrong, it's basically just set up a few cameras and watch us party down south. Um, how, was there any adjustment needed there or did that kind of just self-guide you naturally? The idea that like, well, I have to wake up tomorrow and climb a crane and get blindfolded and do all this crazy stuff. Maybe I don't drink as much tonight. Or was that something you went in having already changed your mentality for? No, it was definitely different. I mean, the filming was different. Like, for example, Party Down South, I had a camera on me at all times. Like, if I went 
if I walk downstairs, I'm like, all right, Mike, let's go. I'm going downstairs, fix the sandwich. Like to whereas the challenge, I mean, I went from eight people to 30, 30 in the thirties, 36 people. So it's like, it, it was different. You they know, can't I'm employ like, right. 36 ca- camera guys, you know, camera women. It's not possible. Right. So I'm like, okay, should I go walk to that conversation? Like, I'm not sure what's going on or do I get myself involved in that if there's a feud? And then I'm like, oh shit, but I could be up for elimination. And yeah, the goal is different. I mean, you don't know the challenge until you're there. So I would just kind of be more laid back and mentally try to prepare myself to for what was going on that next day. How, how did you feel uh, about this uh, concept of uh, just a natural concept of taking on your partner's baggage and then seeing everyone else, you know, take on each other's baggage, like because of previous, you know, ill will or, you know, did you find it like real petty or were you like, oh, this is some real shit right here? It was definitely some real shit, like especially picking Kyle. Of course, I picked the one who's in the house with the ex. I'm like, God damn it. This is how you do it, huh? (laughs) This is how how we're going to do the first season. We're going to go like that. And then it's not up against somebody. It's up against Cara Maria. I'm like, yeah, this is exactly how I want my first season to go because I had heard of her before. So I was just like, well, you know, let's do it. If I'm going to have a first season, this is how I would want it to go. So... Well, how, how do you feel that you sort of stacked up t- t- with these other girls? Because right now in like, uh, you know, from the beginning, me and Scott were kind of like, well, we got this ninja girl as the, you know, p- quite possibly the, the new front runner or the new front runner for the girls. And then Maddie was always like our one and two without even knowing anything, you know, too much about you. So now after being, you know. Actually, you're almost close to the end of the challenge. How do you feel you stack up against these girls and going through these competitions? Like, you know, we mentioned you being like maybe another Laurel, you know, looking at Kara's game and stuff like that. Kara, Ninja, Georgia, like where are you in this mix? Um, I like to, I mean, honestly, we had a stacked group of girls. Like, I mean, number one, I went up against a Ninja Warrior. Like, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. And she's awesome. Number two, I mean, Kara's a such big name. Georgia's a badass. So just to compete with them, I would, I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of work on, but I just give it my all and just go for it. <sighs> Back to our guests in a minute, but uh, I'm a little tired. Hmm, I wish I had some comfy sheets to lay on. Guess what? I do. Thanks to Brooklinen. You know, you spend one third of your life in sheets, which is some crazy sheet, but it's about time for a betting upgrade. Brooklinen has been named the winner of the best of online betting by Good Housekeeping. Not okay housekeeping, good housekeeping. 30,000 five-star reviews more than any other betting company. They were founded in 2014 by a husband and wife combo. And let me tell you, there's another husband and wife combo, Scott and Lindsay, that are enjoying the F out of these sheets. Their mission is to make five-star hotel quality sheets more affordable and easy to order. And let me tell you, they have. Brooklinen was the first DTC betting company, meaning they work directly with manufacturers and directly with customers. No middlemen, just a great product and service. The sheets don't just feel great. They look great, too. You can mix and match over 20 colors and patterns. 
My Brooklinen sheets are the best, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on. Lindsay loves them too. Now it's time for your upgrade. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer to Challenge Maniacs, and it is a good one. You can get $20 off and, yep, there's an and, free shipping when you use the code MANIA at Brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, all their comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use the code MANIA at Brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code MANIA. Brooklinen. These really are the best sheets ever. And now I'm worked up. I don't even need a nap. Let's get back to our guest. Um, let's go back to the beginning of the season where you guys got to choose your destiny or choose your your uh, your team member. You end up going okay. with Kyle. Um, I forget exactly where in the pecking order you landed, whether this was an early choice or a late selection. But what went into that choice? You know, did he win you over uh, physically? Was it visually? I know you guys did come to uh, enjoy each other in more ways than one as the season progressed. Oh, team um, bonding. Team yeah, bonding. Team bonding, if you will, <laughs> yes. So talk about at that stage in the game, what was it that led you to choose Kyle? And had you had your pick of the litter, would this have played out a little differently was there someone else you had in mind first that got taken earlier oh yeah so I was let's see so I just remember I was third to last because it was three guys left when I was up um so you took him over it was just Leroy and Zach left right well so my logic behind that was the first night in the house so basically the vets were like looking at us they're like oh so this is who we're gonna pick and this is who we're going to pick. And I had someone approach me. So, of course, a few of the vet guys would come up and like we're all working out. You know, the first few days, everybody's still working out. Everybody's eating healthy, you know, doing all that. So they were kind of like talking amongst themselves about who they're going to pick. Because, of course, entitlement, they're just like, it's going to be our decision, right? I mean, this is just yeah, how it works. Of we're veterans, of course. You guys, dance for us, and we'll decide who we want. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if it was necessarily all like that, Come, talking from a uh, somewhat veteran mouth. If I had to guess, there might have been one or two skeptics who were like, maybe they flip it on us. Maybe they get to choose. But for the most part, the vets were kind of like, no, it's going to just how we've always done it. We're going to draft you guys. Tell us why we should choose you well there were a few skeptics but for the most part i think they thought they were picking us and i i i even told that to somebody i said y'all that's too simple i was like there's something else it's too simple that is too simple there is no way that the challenge gods would allow it to be that easy like there's no way and then we get there and the flip they flipped the script and i'm like oh shit here we go and then so I had Leroy, uh, Zach, and Kyle left. Well, I got to ask you. I'm going to put you got you, you kind of glossed over it. Who were those guys beforehand when they thought that they were going to get to choose you that were telling you, all right, I got my eye on you? It didn't work yeah, out this did. way. Who were the frontrunners? Who were the frontrunners? Wow, Mr. Tamborello. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, so uh, – and he was open and honest. So it, CT was first and then Kyle. So, and that's the only two people who really spoke to me. So I was like, okay, I appreciate that. Like, you know, that I was, um, I guess a pick. Well then, of course, if I could have had my pick, yeah, I would have went for, went for CT. I, I told Julia, I'm like, damn it. When us when Julia picked him, I'm like, fuck. 
And he is from the era that you used to be a fan of. Yes. Because he's yeah. an OG. Right. Yeah. And he's a tank, man. He's a tank. And, and how interesting the story unfolds because either way, you would have ended up with Kyle. I know because of our elimination. I swear. It was yeah. crazy. Well, I picked Kyle also because they were standing up and I said I did not want to have a partner who was in a relationship in the house because that's some unnecessary bullshit I didn't want to deal with. And not saying that they have that much relationship drama on the house, but as you see with Zach and Jenna and just some other, um, with Leroy and Cam, those two with Zach and Leroy, they both had relationship history in the house. And I was just like, I don't want that. Like being as a rookie, I didn't want that extra baggage. And I just went with Kyle. I was like, well, if I got to have fun, I mean, I feel like he's the one who would make it happen. So I was like, come on, let's go. You know, what's funny is that I, uh, the swerve of having you guys choose the veterans in a weird way, my theory and how, or just how I look at it is that the veterans managed to kind of force and impose their will on the draft anyway, because by convincing everyone that, no, this is how it's going to go. We get to choose you and sort of aligning with you guys and letting you know who they would select. Then, I mean, you mentioned, you know, you would have chosen CT who again had approached you as well. I feel like when they flipped it on you. It was just like, well, now it'd be awkward if I didn't go with the guy who said he was going to take me or I didn't go with the woman who said. So in a weird way, they did get to choose. Yes, of course they did. They've been playing the game. They know how it works. They not only can sometimes get you physically, they know the mental game. And that's sometimes just as strong as your physical game. Because if you can get in the heads of your opponent, then boom. And they knew what to do. So kudos to them. Yeah, Uh, Good for them. Until CT doesn't get picked by Maddie, then what, Scott? What say then, you? Then what? Yeah, well, no, I'm sure. I, I guess, uh, but you don't know maybe. Come on, if, man. You're going to come on, man. But what if CT had been going around and he went over to Maddie? He was like, hey, Maddie, you know I want you to pick me, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then oh, he, also, he did. You know CT. And then he also sure went he over went to Julia to and he was like, hey, Julia, you know two minds are better. One, you got a, you know, you got a twin over here. Maybe I you know, am. Maybe pick me as well. <laughs> Oh my God, that impression just, yes. Yeah. That was, whatever I want to, I might make it really fun. It's my, my last challenge. I don't know, you know. Oh my God, that's so great. You know, you're six feet tall. You kind of, you know, Louisiana, I like the way you play. Well, uh, <laughs> you really can't raise your voice <laughs> over a level. I'm sorry. It's just got to live in that. It's got to hover down there. <laughs> That was amazing, Scott. That, oh, was, that was amazing. So um, I felt like I was talking to CT for a second. Yeah, you know, oh, I'm my God. Now, yeah. um, so here's a question about I your actually envisioned him in my head. I did. I did. Like, I saw like his face down. with his sunglasses and everything. Oh, Scott, you got it down. You got it down. You got me down, man. You got it. Uh, v, v said, like, did you? And once he hears this, Scott, he's going to be like, Scott's a dead man. Scott, he calls me Scotty. He calls me Scotty. Scotty. <laughs> Scotty, you got, me, you got me good, Scotty. Yeah, you got me. Uh, v, v said, Maddie, did you train at all for this season? And now that you've been on a challenge, uh, what would you have played differently game-wise and why? I mean, I wouldn't really have have changed a lot about my game. I feel like I did really well. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. 
Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, um, of course, like some challenges, I feel like I could have done a lot better, but you know, I was also a rookie, so I had to learn how it all operates and how it all works. So, I mean, I'm pretty comfortable with how I played and how I played, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, I wouldn't change it. And the first part of the question was, did you train at all for the season? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you said, you know, your athletic background, are you, you know, obviously working out helps as well, but if you just put on an episode of the show, you see that like, you know, you're not playing handball. It's not all foot races. You're doing some weird stuff as well. I don't know how one can kind of train or prepare for all of this stuff on the challenge, but did you change your regimen at all uh, leading up to going away to film? No. So, I mean, I found out probably about three weeks ahead of time. So I just like, of course, started eating healthy. I try to just like focus on maybe getting my endurance up. Um, I did focus on like adding a little bit more weight, but I agree with you. There's these challenges are not like certain skill sets. Like you walk up, I'm like, Oh my God, I don't think some of these things you could train for. Right. Well, like here's a million dollar question. How did you, how did you prep for your puzzle puzzle taking skills? I did not. (laughs) That's Uh. my point. That's my point. I had no idea about those damn puzzles. Like, for the first challenge, when I looked at that sand dune, and they said we had to get a ball, come down, and solve a puzzle. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? Solve a puzzle. What kind of shit is this? And then, so I'm, there was only three of us who had to go all the way to the bottom of the sand dune. And I mean, when I had to go off of the sand dune to go grab that ball and run all the way back up, when I was coming down, they were already finishing their puzzle. Oh. But I'm working on it. <laughs> How does one work on puzzles? Where do you get these puzzles? Well, it's just um, it's brain power. So you can exercise your brain just like you exercise your body. There are certain apps. I mean, you just have to figure out what works best for you. Derek's been on the show for 15 seasons, and he's still asking people, How do you get good at puzzles? I have no idea. Can you just give me a tip? Is there an app? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. Well, it's, been, it's been about 11, Scott, 11 seasons. 11, but 15, you know the deal. 10, 10 point, I'd say 10.1, 10. 10.1, 10. 10.5. Uh, well, 11 if you count road rules. Okay, anyway. Um, but no. Damn, I, good for you. Good yeah. for you. So, but off and on, off and on. Um, you hear that, challenge seven, gods? With the seven-year <laughs> break in there somewhere. Let's, let's get him back. Can we get him back? 
we're trying. <laughs> we're trying out there. I've been trolling the uh, the challenge Twitter. They had a tweet last week that was like, who can go from, uh, was it Villa to Challenge House? We asked Theo in Georgia who could make the transition from Love Island to the Challenge. I was like, who wants someone else from Love Island? You've got all these vets sitting right there. Hello. No need well, to I check saw out your Love workout. Island. I saw his workout on Instagram, and I'm just like, holy shit. Like, you were doing this little obstacle. Was it yesterday you had a workout video? Yeah, I just messed around. Holy shit. That ain't messing around, bro. I was like, (laughs) fuck. I really got to get up in That was his Friday night. That's like most people are like, let's get a bottle of wine, go see Avengers. He's like, I'm going to go rope swing. I mean, they got to see that shit. Well, well, if not, they're stupid. Well, to, well, to, to, to be, to be fair, me, me and Maddie were talking about, you know, is it too early to take tequila shots? I did. Too, I so. did ask him that. <laughs> and well, I, I was like, I didn't say you didn't was, get hammered before you went rope swinging. <laughs> I didn't yeah, clarify no. that. I was, uh, we were joking around about, uh, you know, just, uh, day drinking, right? And, um, and early drinking, and I don't know, it's interesting where these these cra- weird challenge minds go, right? They're like, drinking is awesome. And then early on in this conversation, I was like, I think drinking is an art form. And then you mentioned, like, the piss bucket, and I was like, fuck, that's why I can't be an art form. Um, but I, after Easter Sunday, like, I went to Mass at 7 a.m., we had, see, I'm a terrible Catholic. We had mimosas at like 9.30. No, so you're basically a Catholic. <laughs> let's be real. Oh, so I'm, you think I'm you're the basic. only, you think you're the only one who went to have a drink after for mimosas? No. <laughs> let's be real here. Um, so I was like, uh, the next time I do any day drinking, I will, um, it will be before noon just because of this conversation, this, this back and forth text. And uh, she goes, if there if if there weren't pictures, it didn't happen. I was like, and I thought about the last time I did any day drinking, and I was like, fuck, it was like a couple days ago. Anyway, um, back to the puzzles. <laughs> yeah, let's talk. To, let's talk about what everyone's really listening to this podcast for puzzles. Uh, no, here's a good question. All right, so you're partnered up with Kyle. You know, you're he looks physically imposing. He's a charismatic guy. Obviously, he's got a lot going on in that department. He's only done at you know, to the best of your knowledge at this point, two seasons of the show so far. How much could he possibly have stirred up in that amount of time? Am I right? How how soon along in the process did you find out about this blood feud between him and Polly Calafiore, this past relationship with him and Cara, and how much that would be a part of his and in turn your narrative, not just in the house, but now watching it play out on screen has it been surprising to you to know that that is sort of like the headline narrative of the show when it comes to anything kyle does oh no i mean the second night in the house before we picked teams kyle was like hitting on me and stuff and car maria right from the jump comes up to me and she's like watch yourself because that one like she gave me a, a warning like just be careful with that one whatever so i knew then and there that i was in for it. <laughs> and what, how did you process that? So this is coming from someone who's sort of like his ex, if you will, or at least an ex fling. And she's kind of like, you know, I'm with someone else now and this and that. But just to let you know, a little tip, woman to woman, you want to stay away from that. Obviously, you didn't listen to her at all, um, which is good. What, what, how did you process that? Did you take it as like, oh, she's actually trying to help me out? Or were you like, all right, she might be a little bit jealous? Um, so I didn't know her personality because, of course, I didn't know her at all. Now, I am a woman empower 
person. So I kept that in my, the back of my mind. I'm like, all right, there's a reason why a strong woman like Car Maria, cause she is, she's a freaking beast would say that to somebody, you know, cause I'm like that. I'm very vocal and I'm a strong woman. So, and I know how I am. So I definitely kept that in the back of my mind, but I also am a person who has a past and who sometimes would like to not be judged for my past. So I also like to keep that in mind. So I kind of just step back and let it take its course and whatever happened, happened. And I just try to go with the flow because that was a lot to take in as a rookie. So I can't, I, and this answer does not need to be, this, this question does not need to be answered, but is that, that sounds like woman code and I don't know anything about woman code. And I just don't know if that's woman code for stay away or woman code for don't touch. <laughs> I don't know because I'm not girl. I'm not good with woman codes. I don't like, even know if there's woman code. I'm, oh, I'm sure there is, but normally it's like dibs, but I don't know. I think that was just a warning, like heads up. He's kind of a player maybe, but I don't know because I didn't know how the ended turns. I didn't watch the previous season. So I didn't know how everything ended or what happened to cause this big ruckus or why she would even be mad. So I was just like, oh, God. Look, all, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, you know, she's with Polly. I'm sure it was stay away. So um, watch out. This is a warning sign. But all jokes yeah. aside, all jokes aside. Maniacs, we know that you enjoy listening to Challenge Mania in your earbuds, in your headphones, on your speakers every week here at ChallengeManiaPodcast.com, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But there is nothing like seeing Challenge Mania live. And we are back on the road on Saturday, June the 8th in Denver, Colorado. That's right. Sunny Denver, Colorado. Not a better time of year to visit the Mile High City. We will be at the Denver Improv for a 1 p.m. meet and greet and a 3 p.m. live show. So far, we've announced two guests. We have more announcements to come, but so far we have announced Real World Austin's Nehemiah Clark and Real World Sydney's Kellyanne Judd. You guys wanted old schoolers? We got you old schoolers and there are more to come. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've never been to a Challenge Mania Live, here's what we do. If you come at 1 p.m., we have a pre-show meet and greet. You can meet everybody, get your pictures taken, get your limited edition Craig Marrier poster signed by everybody. There will be pins, there will be stickers, a 90-minute meet and greet with the cast. It is you. It is them. It is intimate. We limit these tickets. They are almost gone. Then at 3 p.m. we go live on stage at the Denver Improv Comedy Style. We have a live in-your-face Challenge Mania style panel on stage that we end with a 45-minute Q&A. You can be part of the show. Maniacs, it is a -a one-of-a-kind experience. It does not go online afterwards. If you want to hear the topics, if you want to be a part of the discussion, you have to be in the building on Saturday, June the 8th at the Denver Improv with myself with DKO with Kellyanne Judd with Nehemiah Clark and who knows who else will join us for the first Challenge Mania Live of the summer of the season get on challengemania.live and get your tickets today that's right challengemania.live come and party with us in Denver Colorado Saturday June the 8th Um, how how was he as a, a partner? And Alyssa wants to know what's the story with you two. How much did feelings develop at all during the show, or was it just you guys having fun and killing time? Um, it was having fun. Um, he was a good partner. I 
I feel like I was the be- the strong one. Sometimes he would say, I'm like, hey, we're going to do great. Like, we're, we're, we're going to kick ass today or just certain things. Like, he was sometimes afraid of heights. So I'm like, look, we got this. Don't look down. I'm not scared of heights, so let's do this. Like, I'm like the motivational speaker behind it, but he was the social game. That boy's social game is unbelievable. He's good. He's really good. So, you know, he he helped get us as far as we got because he has such a social game. So that was fun. Um, once again, yeah, killing time, having fun. And we still chit-chat every now and again, but... That's about it. Oh, interesting. So did it did it not end well, or was it just sort of, you know, he was a co-worker, oh. we're no longer working together? No, so he was mad at me because I didn't throw Cara Maria in when I had the chance. But let me explain my logic, because I never really had a chance to sit here and explain this is why. The West, I, this is the Wes episode with the, with the uh, what are they called, the Charlie's Angels, the Wes's Angels. Oh, my Angels, God, the right? Wes's Angels. I yeah. love that, by the way. So, um, I had a chance to talk with everybody and now of course I'm playing my own game and which was a big game turner because now I'm not tied to Kyle. So now Polly and Cara are on like on my radar and they are great competitors. So it's not fairly someone you want to piss off, you know, and by watching the vets, you have to still have, you know, be prepared for whatever, but I didn't see it as betraying Kyle because when Kyle and I went up for elimination, I looked at him and I said, let's go for Car Maria because it was such a big deal because Car Maria was open for our elimination and he didn't want to. So that was it. That's that was your chance, bud. Like now that I'm playing my own game, why you want me to do your dirty work? You're out your mind. Like, that's just not how it's going to work, especially, like, I still want to make it to the final. If you look at the winners of the tribunal, Carr and Polly's up there. So I wanted to keep that in my mind, but that's why I made a deal with her. So I didn't – and I was there for the money. I wasn't there for love. Shit, man. Um, I want to ask a couple questions about the format of this season. Uh, you were involved in pretty much – the only format kind of tweak early on, which was you guys are all partners with each other and mainly going into team on team eliminations, a flash forward, I believe it's elimination four or so. And the twist is, is that, um, whoever gets eliminated guy or girl will be eliminated. And now those two teams will combine. So, um, a luxury in some regard, because we, we see it all the time where there might be one strong team member, one weak team member, and then they both go home, for instance. Whereas you have the opportunity, if you do well and Kyle doesn't, maybe you stay with CT, maybe you stay with JP, what have you. It ends up working out that you and Kyle both win and are still a uh, a team together, something I'm sure when they came up with the twist, the challenge gods were like, oh, that's lame. But, you know, in that moment, do you feel like, wow, this is unfair, I you know, or are you, do you think it's cool is it a blessing and what do you think about tweaks like that that just randomly get dropped on one team for one week and then we go back to normal well of course i figured uh the one week they have a double double elimination is the week i'm in there so i'm like all right i was okay with it i was just like 
I was okay with even the partner switching just because it had been so much. You drama. almost got your number one. You were going to, you could get, <laughs> almost got you your number one. And yeah. now you're number two. You got, I one swear. Perfect. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I agree. Uh, but I still was rooting for Kyle. Like he's, he was my, still my number one and everything, but I don't know. I mean, I didn't see it going down that way. I didn't know that. We also didn't know how the double elimination was going to happen. We didn't know if it was going to be Kyle and I versus two competitors. And then the winner goes against another one. We didn't know it would be all of us, like all the girls go against each other and then all the guys. But I mean, it was awesome. And I took them rings. <laughs> and and how do you train for that? Like, how do you train to, to drag two women across the sand and then rip rings out of their hands? Like, because it looked like you just looked like a, a bulldozer out there. Like, hey, bartended Nashville for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, fix a few vodka sodas and then ask. Them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you want to know the truth is they actually set my fire before we even got down there. We were putting our helmets on. We were doing like getting our mouth guards and they were, you know, explaining the rules. And Natalie looks at Georgia. I mean, Natalie looks at Julia and does this little like, all right, it's me and you kind of like, they're going to go to get me out. I was like, Oh yeah, that's how we going to play this game. I gotcha. So they just lit a fire on me that I'm like, all right, so we're going to go like that. Got it. So just, I'm, I remember sitting in the sand and at one point, like my face was in the sand and I could feel it in my nose. And I remember saying, all right, this is where heart takes place. And I just remember getting up and like, I don't even know. It happened so fast. <laughs> what? No. Can you explain those like brief moments? Like I want to know, like, I, because that was, that was one of the most awesome things that's ever happened in challenge history. It's like someone is a woman is dragging two other women across the sand and like ripping like you. You got all the rings like it wasn't even like, like how fast did it happen? I think it was about a minute <laughs> or a minute and a few seconds. I'm not sure. I didn't exactly look at the time. I just remember holding the rings and I'm like, you know, Mentally, I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'm not letting go. And then I would also try to listen to Wes in the background because Wes, of course, I mean, I had gotten a little close with Wes and he's like, hey, just listen for my voice. You know, I'll kind of like guide you. So I was trying to also listen to see certain things. And then uh, I, re if you see one of the clips, you see me try to put my leg like I think I'm about to put her in like a, a arm bar or a chokehold. Then it didn't work out. And so I, that's when my face hit the sand. And so I have both hands. I think it's behind me and my face is in the sand. And I just remember like feeling the exhaustion about how tired I was because I'm exerting so much energy. But saying this is when you have to have the heart to do it anyway. And that's when I stand up and just drag them. <laughs> um and that's why I, I just love that sound. Yeah. And that's when I stand, that's when I stood up and just dragged them. Um, wow. So <laughs> I want to talk about, so towards the end of the season, very recently TJ announces to use a survivor analogy, drop your buffs. No longer are we teams. You're taking on the rest of this season as individuals. And then we get one elimination. I think it was, you know, Kyle versus bear. And then, 
The next week, all of a sudden, it's now it's, uh, well, Nani, you get to pick someone to tape down Georgia and Georgia, you get to pick someone to tape down Nani. And to me, I know there's a little bit of irony involved in the sense that Turbo and Nani were partners, but in general, that seems like a team elimination to me. Of course, only Nani or Georgia could have went home in that context. And then the next daily elimination is guys draw a name out of a hat or, uh, or I think it might have even been a, uh, a, a draft. You're now partnered with, I believe it was Hunter and you're on a team again. Talk about how it felt for you personally and the group to be told, okay, now you control your own destiny, but get then get really kind of reshuffled back into makeshift teams right away. Did that annoy you guys? Because I think as viewers, it's annoyed us a little bit. Well, it was just different because you just told me that now I'm playing my own game. So I was ex- not that, I mean, I loved Kyle as a partner, but I was excited because now if I, like, I didn't have to worry about somebody else, like, just like a part, like, like it is, it's a partner. And if I messed up, it could have caused something bad for his game. Whereas now if I mess up, it's on me. That's it. So you didn't have that excess worry. And then now we get to a challenge and my partner's Hunter. And I'm like, shit, which I was very thankful that Hunter picked me, but it was just frustrating because, you know, now I'm back with a partner, so I'm not controlling anything. So what what happened in that in that competition? Because eventually Hunter wanted to quit, and it's, it looked like that was kind of the the spark um, that that kind of lit that fire. It, do you feel um, like you know like what ha- what happened in there? Did you guys, were you guys did you feel like you guys won? He sounded everybody like everybody did. Everybody okay. thought we won. Like that was the thing. So I mean. We not only had strength, Hunter and I, we had the endurance. So I was carrying just as much, if not. And then when I was picking shit up, I was making sure it was at least five to 10 pounds. And so we grabbed, we tried to like be more strategic, like strategic too, because there was only so much time we had. And we were the first dumpster. So some people got to come up the mountain and drop their stuff off. So we had to come up the mountain and then we were the last dumpster. So we had that ex, that, uh, excess of room, like yards to go before we even could drop our stuff off. But I think he was just frustrated because we would, I mean, we were rocking. I was carrying sometimes just not as much as him, but I was carrying a lot. So to find out we lost it, I think he was just like, upset because we we all thought we won like even the other competitors like damn yeah like y'all in there y'all in there y'all in there and then we weren't so it was just I think he was frustrated and he had had such a bad season before like with the money getting taken away and it's like maybe he felt like he just couldn't win so I was just like we kicked ass regardless like I just started keeping positive like we did the best we could um, did you guys break a wheelbarrow? Oh yeah. So he looks at me and he wants to get this damn refrigerator. And I'm like, baby, I'm good, but I am not that freaking good. Like we're about to go up a mountain and we, this was not like the first go round. This was after we've already put in a little work. 
And so he, he grabs this um, refrigerator and he's like, let's put in the wheelbarrow. I'm like, yo, that is not going to fit in the wheelbarrow. Like, look at this thing and look at that. It's not your average wheelbarrow. Okay. It's like yeah. many size and 30 years old. So it's rusting <laughs> as hell. As soon as we put that refrigerator down, the whole wheelbarrow just breaks. And I'm like, now we just wasted 10 minutes, but okay, let's, let's try anyway. It and just, lost the, and lost the wheelbarrow, right? I mean, I feel yeah, like and we the lost wheelbarrow the wheelbarrow, so I, it was I, crucial to have that thing. Right, right. That was like that was a a, a big um main component of getting everything up there because it was so it helped you carry more. So, do you think that that may have been one of the main reasons why you guys maybe lost because you guys had to carry stuff instead of roll stuff? At least one. No, person? I think we just went with the wrong strategy. I think we tried to make more trips instead of going heavier. Uh, you know, and I think that's where we messed up. I think, cause if you look, West and D maybe made two trips, mm. Turbo and, um, Turbo and Ninja fought most of the trip, you know, and I'm like, how, how in the world did that happen? But it's because their items were so much more heavier. So they did fewer trips with heavier items, whereas we did more trips with less weight. What was the time limit? What was the time limit? Sorry. Oh, um, sorry if I'm incorrect on this. It's all right. I mean, it's been Ballpark. a while. I want to say we an hour? had about an hour, two hours to get shit done. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you had to just keep going. It was no stopping. And then how far was the run? Uh, so you had, it was down a mountain. So it was down into like this rock valley. So you had a sprint down and so your hike up was with the weight, but I would say maybe like a hundred, oh, over 150 yards. So over a football field. Yeah, over a football field. Mm-hmm. Or just shy of a football field, maybe. Maybe like a football field. Well, there and back. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, we got a question about the Ninja Turbo stuff. Mike said, do you think Ninja went over the line with Turbo? Was there some other stuff we didn't get to see? And how long did the temper tantrum actually go on? Oh, that temper tantrum happened for a while. And I mean, honestly, I didn't focus on it because I'm like, Hunter, if you, this ain't a partnership. Like, that's not how we're going to communicate. Like, I want you sitting here being like, yeah, let's go. You got this. Like, if, if you can't be like that with me, then we just don't go into elimination. You know, like, that's not how I do shit. And it was just odd to see Ninja so pissed off because she had been so quiet for such a long time. And turbo is just a man of his own you know so i think she was trying to get him to do more but he wanted to go heavy like i swear if he could have put that ice that refrigerator on his back he would have and would have crawled up there but i just remember we passed him like two or three times and they were still in the same spot she was still yelling and um Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. 
No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They were fussing, and I'm like, man. And even Wes and D, I think Wes and D had a little um, feud. So I think it went on for at least 30 minutes. <laughs> what was it like playing with Turbo? And uh, do, have you, in your travels in Louisiana, Tennessee, those years on Party Down South, you either played with or or partied with or even known many people like him because in the challenge universe we certainly have not and uh, to just to use an example we've never had a cast member where you could have an elimination as random as you have to tape this person down and turbo says I good at taping people down I once tape a guy down on a plane who had too much drugs and then they cut to a newspaper article of him having successfully taped a guy down on a plane. We've never had the most interesting man in the world on the challenge before. <laughs> what was it like being in a house with this guy, playing with this guy, and seeing his energy level and how seriously he takes his stuff fluctuate so much throughout the season? Um, it was actually very interesting. I mean, like you said, he is a one of a kind. I mean, I've never met anybody in my life like him. He is so focused. I mean, not only he's, he's one survivor. Twice. Twice. And survivor is a whole nother level. Like I was talking to him once about just, um, life experiences and how he won survivor and what did he do? And he's like, I mean, he doesn't even flinch. A bomb could go off and he's like, okay, how do I help? You know, his mentality and his mind is just so focused and, he just, he's, he's even good at puzzles, like so smart. He's just intelligent, but it's, it was different because I'm used to rednecks, <laughs> you know, like they'll do some, a puzzle and they'll have a beer. Whereas he's like, no drink, not, not drinking, you know? And at first the communication was different as well. Like, and I think that's something that he doesn't get credit for. Because could you imagine, like, I could not imagine going to Turkey and trying to film a show with people of a different language and culture. Like, that had to be hard in itself. Could you imagine going to Turkey and finding a restaurant? Like, I, I, not, I don't even no, think. No, no, I wouldn't even try. <laughs> like, unless I had someone, and a guide, I wouldn't go. Yeah. And he's not only, it's funny, communicating, obviously, on a team level and winning challenges and stuff. But he's also been very funny. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't translate exactly, but that almost adds a level of humor to it where it's like, I mean, in the interview chair and in scene, he has had some of the funniest lines of the season, which I, I'm sorry, if you would have set the odds going into the season on that, you would not think he would have been out there with the Davons of the world dropping the funniest commentary on War of the Worlds. I know, same. I, I'm very impressed. Like his pickups, everything, like even... Some of the stuff he says after the challenge about some of the competitors, he's just real and, like you said, funny. So he's just your – he's good. Kudos to him. Do, do you know the backstory on how his English is so good? Uh, well, I know he does some acting, but just through working with a lot of people um, in the 
uh, the English language. Like, so from what you see from the beginning of the challenge, there's so much growth for him. Like I remember speaking to him and then, so after certain things, I would go up to him and I'm like, Hey, this means he would just ask me about certain words that he wouldn't know or little things. And I'm like, okay, so this also means this or when we say this, we can mean these things. So just, you have to explain it. And he got so, he, he's become so better, like so much better at it. Even, um, filming the reunion show and all that. I'm like, Turbo, look at you. Like saying, uh, sounding like he's from America, stuff like that. Yeah. I, he, um, he almost got like a full blown. And cause at this point right now in the game, you know, we don't know what happens in the end yet, but you guys are probably there for at least a month and a half. There's probably like two weeks left, I feel like. And he's gotten like a, you know, a full month and a half of just kind of being around you guys, learning more. And I'm sure everyone's still also very, you know, helpful. And if he's willing to continue to learn, he's probably just like, you know, getting, you know, getting English education right there you know yeah and um, we everybody was so helpful like we we all still competed but we also are still human you know so we all still like if we realized he might not have known something we were there to help him you know it was never like oh my god he's my competitor so we're not going to help him out like i mean i couldn't imagine being in his situation and not knowing certain things so I think we did a good job helping him out. And yeah, he's had some time now. So now I'm like, all right, you want to tell me what that means? Cause I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of turbo and his uh, very particular set of skills to use a phrase from taken. Um, I want to talk about this elimination last week. You weren't a part of it, but you were there for it. Um, you know, we did a, an episode of the war room, which is the podcast we record right after the episodes over at patreon.com slash challenge mania. And I was fired up about this and seeing Nani go home in this fashion because the idea of having to choose your your champion, if you will, who's then going to tape down the other person and sort of leaving it to their taping skill set to determine whether you go home and lose out on a chance of $750,000, that really bothered me. And I don't know whether it was a coin toss or what decided that Georgia got to pick first, but she gets to pick Turbo, who has experience taping people down in at least one way that he mentioned, or if not dozens of other ways. And then yes, Nani gets to pick Wes, who's a good competitor and all, but we saw how that played out. Just being there and watching this play out, uh, Maddie, how, how did you feel about this? Did you think this was this un, that this was unfair like I did, especially this late in the game? And how would you have felt if ultimately your fate was put in the, in the hands and the tape of someone else? I'd have been pissed off. Like yeah. you're telling me right now, I have to go home, but it's not up to me. That's some bullshit. You know, I understand the game and I understand like some things, but I didn't agree with it. And I'm okay mentioning that because I'm an honest person. But like, that's like saying, um, for me, me going to the rings, Hey, you guys hold the rings, but if Kyle wins, you get to stay. If Kyle loses, you're going home. Like it's my elimination. Let me fight for it. Let my heart come out, you know? And I don't remember exactly why Georgia got to go first or who got to pick. But, I mean, I agree with you, and it was hard to watch because I had gotten really close with Nani in the house. So to have Nani be sent home by her partner that she had helped so much. Nani was so patient with Turbo throughout this whole process. Like, because Turbo is very um, set in his own ways as well. 
So they had their own team issues, but to watch it go down like that, I'm, I agree with you. That was kind of frustrating. Or have Turbo tape down both of them so it's an even skill set. Um, yeah. or have, or have just like a tape machine do it. Or, I mean, just like there's a million ways this could have been anywhere close to resembling fair and this was not the one. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And there's just a lot of instances where those things will happen, I feel like, in the challenges. So it's all a part of the game. But but not yeah. really, if you think about it. It does. There, there it really is, was only it two. Is, it is it a is, part of the game. It is. It's the unlucky, of the game. The unlucky and the lucky part of the game is part of the game. Yes, it this, is. This I agree game, with you. This game is not won without luck. That's true. Hundred percent. Chalk that up. Sometimes the puzzle pieces have to just fall in place, not because you figured it out or knew how to put this damn thing together, or because you've been playing playing this puzzle your entire life. And sometimes you've never done this before, and you have to do it. And sometimes you're like, "Wow, my skill set. This isn't my skill set." But fuck, it just kind of happened and it worked. This isn't your skill set. This doesn't even depend on your skills. I, I just find the fact right. that, find the us- fact that, that it was, it was ultimately West versus Turbo here to me. And that is and, what sucks about this yeah. is we well, had these it's the two luck guys. And the draw. That's why you have to keep casting challenges because you Wait. don't know how that shit's going to play out. Yeah. So, and, and I agree. I a hundred percent. Do I believe that elimination was fair? No, but do I, that is a part yeah. of the challenge. That's a part of the game. It's a game. Yeah. How come, how come Georgia? How come Georgia was flailing and singing and doing all this stuff, and Nani was sitting there just taking it? Like, what? What's the? Was there? Is there a reason behind that, or did she just not think she could do that? Was Georgia bending the rules a little bit because everyone's watching this and they're like, Nani deserves to go home. She was just kind of complacent no. and sitting there, and Georgia was kicking ass and playing defense, if you will. But to me, something sounds like it was up there. If you ask me. Well, no, I mean, I could see where you guys see that, but I mean, Nani couldn't move. I mean, Turbo knew what he was doing, and I think Georgia got in Wes's head. There was nothing about saying you couldn't talk. There was nothing about saying you couldn't sing. There was nothing of that. So, could you move though? Were you told you couldn't move? No. Yeah, you were supposed to. You in the rules, you have to stay still. See, and that's let your where I think you down. she was singing, but she was singing like how Mick Jagger sings or David Lee Roth with a little bit of moves like Jagger, if you will, because you could tell she did get in Wes's head, but I felt like she kind of moved a little bit too. And that's not me taking anything away from Georgia. She's probably my favorite cast member on this season, just uh, from a competition and a personality standpoint yourself as well, Maddie. But I mean, so people think I'm digging Georgia here or not knocking Georgia. I'm not, I'm just saying there was clearly a discrepancy in the defense that was being played. And I'm not talking about the singing there. Um, but look, West lost to turbo. So it's a shame. West had to go home. Oh, wait, uh, West didn't go uh, home. I, uh, it, 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 it's weird. Home. It's weird. The way you say that it's weird. The way you say that, because you can also say, West lost to Georgia. You can also say that you can also say that Nani lost to the the pick in the draft because she yeah. had to pick second. You can say that the the losses, the wins and losses can can come around in, in many different No matter what, uh, you can't say here. you cannot say that Nani lost to Georgia. That's my point. No matter what. No matter how you no, slice you can't. it. No, you can't. No. I mean, she went home, but I mean, I feel like a lot of things play out. Yeah. But um, like we said, that's how 
That's how the cookie That's crumbles. The well, you have a good – look, I'll tell you. If you're going to be coming back and playing this this show over and over again, Maddie, you have the right mentality because that is how the cookie crumbles on this show. And, you know, jerks like me and us folks who sit here on the couch overanalyzing it, we're like, I can't believe they would ever do that to Donnie. And you're like, you know what? If that happened to me, it happened to me. I'd be pissed on the flight, but I'd be on the flight. So, Well, um, you know, yeah, it, it sucks. Like, I'm sure – Nani would have liked to pick Turbo, but that's not how it fell out. Well, and you I can't. Think, there ain't shit you can do. I think basically what we – It's time to announce the the theme for Season 34, which they've, they've told me I can now do. Season 34 will literally be Turbo – just taping down and tying up and throwing people and doing that to everyone all season. You'll just have to be turbo like a boss in a video game. That's what the but next what, season is going to be. What are, what are the, never mind. I was going to have a little fun with that one, but I'm just going to not. <laughs> How could you possibly have fun with, with, uh, nothing. With it's uh, nothing. Just yeah. that's a look, great, I love it. Can't yeah, wait. That's a here's, season. Here's here. I, I look, I, we have been in talks with Georgia and Nani. So hopefully we can get their takes takes on things. I think that Scott, I think you're putting too much thought into taping taping. taping. I agree. No, it's not. It's not A like this. Like it's not like this. Like profe- Like this professional thing. You've never taped anything before. It's not like this. Like it's not like you're taping stuff in a circle as hard as There's you can. There's a tactical element. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. To Turbo's tape skills that I don't think yeah. anyone else on that roster well, of guys has. It, the, the, the difference is, is one person is squirming around. The other one is not. So either Wes is going to have to be extremely aggressive. That's also unfair. I don't think they were allowed down. to squirm. He may, he may have had to, the way she was moving around, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't, he may have had to put a freaking foot on that wrist to fucking keep that arm down. I'll tell you, when they come on the show, my first question is, were you told not to squirm? That's my question to both of them. Because yeah. if the answer from Nani is, no, we weren't, I just decided not to squirm, then, then that's on her. And if the answer is, yeah, we were told not to squirm, but guess what? I squirmed while I was singing and I got away with it and Nani went home, haha, then kudos to her too. But either way, I want to know. It's a superpower. So look, I, I, Maddie, I, I'm, I'm a little weirdo when it comes to challenges and challenge competitors and people having superpowers that come on. You being one of them, um, everyone has their everyone has their pros and cons, their, their strengths and weaknesses that come on this show. In this instance, where Georgia is singing and squirming, she has now essentially put this like haze. Over all the challenge gods, over West, over everybody exactly. else. Where exactly. It, where nobody, it's like a vibration. 
She is in her own world and she's putting the superpower on everybody. They don't know what the fuck to do. Nobody does. She has fucking turbo over there, mind controlled to tape his former partner down so she doesn't move. And she walks away in three seconds like the incredible She-Hulk. And as yeah, I mean, it was it was oh, that fast, too. It was, awesome. it was yeah. that fast. Like what you see is how fast it happened. So it took him a while to tape. And the next thing you know, Georgia's already up. And it's just like, holy shit. But you saw it happening. You also see West. You also see West struggling to tape, to tape her. And I agree with you guys. And I cannot wait for that podcast because I would like to hear both sides of that story. Yeah, well, we're going to tape it, no pun intended, pretty soon. Um, we, we are running out of time with you, uh, Maddie, so I want to get a couple rapid-fire questions in, and then we'll let you go. I will admit, I don't know what this means, but Jorge says, why didn't Martha, your alter ego, come out this season on the challenge, or should we be expecting her on these last few episodes? Is that Martha the bird? Oh, shut up. Oh, sorry, I took a step outside. It's some beautiful cardinals. I'll go back inside. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, so, basically, on my show Party Down South, I had an, so let's say I had, I had an alter ego and her name was Martha. And so people just constantly bring it up. I guess it's like my inner beast, I guess you can say, but it's only when I drink. Got it. Yeah. We've actually had people on the challenge have the sort of, you know, I believe, was it, doesn't Marie have one? Is it Marnie or something? Oh God! Please do not put Marnie and Martha together. Yeah. No so, way. so yeah. So we, we do have that on the show. So I think the challenge world will welcome that. This question is for me, just selfishly. You've managed to navigate through a lot of the BS and the drama on this show, but I got to imagine having been there for a month and a half, someone had to rub you the wrong way once or twice. Who from this season would you not be too excited to see on a future season? Anybody that take it or leave it, you're kind of like, ah, eh, I'm indifferent to them. Or you know what? Not only am I indifferent to them, I don't really like them. Um, that's a good question. I kind of got along with everybody. I know y'all probably don't believe that, but boring. it's true. Oh, sorry. Who uh, you said? I said, I said boring, but I disguised it as a sneeze. No, I mean, you could call it boring. You could call it what it is, but I'm being honest. If I don't like somebody, I'm woman enough to tell you. And here's the thing, Scott. It's like, this is clearly one of the people that you don't want to fuck with. Right. So exactly. Like, Let's like, be real, Scott. Come on. Like I, I, clearly she's going in the game already. Like, you know, possibly the front runner with Kyle, you know, and you know, next to Paulie Ninja, this is, this, this is our pregame talk. This is our pre-show pre-challenge 33 talk is, who are the front runners? Bam, we're like, we don't know nothing about, we don't know anything about her other than party down south and her looks. And we're like, she's one and two next to a ninja. You know, and so it's like, you don't go into this game pissing people like her off. You don't want her coming, coming to hunt you down. You don't want to go against a ring wrestle, you know, after you've watched her drag two other women through the sand. Like, the, Carl Maria is, 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 is cutting deals with her and making friends with her so we can become alliance or not. Kyle, you're out of it and we're going to try to go to the final together. You know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. You know, um, it's just, you just don't try to like piss people off like that. Sorry. Yeah. Right. So, like, unless you have to, like, and I, you never had to with me. I never like made, made enemies in the house. The only time I think I had any, 
feud was with Car Maria. And of course, that was because of the Kyle situation. And that was me when one time, I think it was Polly was calling us in and I, um, Made every, I went up to everybody in the house. I said, you go tell Polly right now. He puts me in. I'm going for his girl and I will take her out. And cause Polly always had came up to me and he said, you know, I like how you play because you don't sit there and shit talk. You, you know, you just go out there and do it. And so I've made it happen like a little, a little seed, but he still called me out. So good for him. That was the only feud I had other than that. I didn't have any. All right. D you got anything else for Maddie before we let her go? Yeah, take that boring in your pipe and smoke it, smoke Scott. It. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so here's the last thing. So truth be told, right, uh, we're pre-recording this podcast, and we have not seen the next elimination. This We are releasing this on, on Thursday. Th- Friday, right? Thursday or Friday? Thursday. Okay. So we, ha- we me and Scott have not seen the episode yet. Um, Maddie, we know Kyle goes in. We know it's really brutal. I saw the tape when he came back on Instagram. He came back on like crutches, all beat up, um, destroyed. I, I, I DM him right away. Wow, man, that's insane. You know, hopefully I can get that video to promote that podcast if we ever get him on. What did this elimination look? I love a good headbanger. Everybody, you know, Kyle had already been in a few headbangers earlier this season. How, how did this look for you? Was this the, the gnarliest thing you had seen all season? Or am I just looking too much into this? No, it was the gnarliest thing you've seen this season. It was a headbanger, and it was hard to watch. And specifically for you, um, it being your partner, it being now someone you can't necessarily control into immunity. I mean, obviously you weren't partnered with him in that daily. Uh, Was it harder to watch given your your history with with Kyle? Yeah, of course. I mean, I I was, even though he was upset with me, I was his number one cheerleader. I was still in his corner. I'm like, come on, you got this. But if you watch the episode before, Kyle was kind of already hurt. Like when we did the episode where the junkyard, uh, the junkyard, he was already hurt. He had like his knee was messed up because you hear D saying like my partner's injured and he's still pushing through it. So Kyle going in is already somewhat banged up. Yeah, I know that people thought it was going to be a ploy, but he, you tried to use that to not get thrown in. And I think, uh, you guys are kind of idiots because I would love to have a guy on a bum leg in a final with me, but that, uh, does not play out. <laughs> you know, no comment. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's let Maddie go. Thank you so much for joining us. This was great. I, uh, Thank I hope, you. I hope and think we will see that lovely energy of yours on a future season of the challenge. Until then, if you run into her in Nashville, say hello. Do you have anything you want us to plug besides like your IG and your Twitter and all that stuff? Oh no, that's it. Wait, awesome. hold on, hold on. You don't tell people where you work? I don't want her uh, to get flooded. Come on. Yeah, to come me, on, it's give like, give me a little bit. It's already, yeah. Uh, just, just, hey, baby, it's a scavenger hunt. That's yes, your, that, exactly. that's your challenge in Nashville. It, Come it find is. me. It if is. you live in Nashville, Easter, if is. you go there for a bachelorette, bachelor party, just go. If you run into her, great. You get your selfie. I don't need people flocking to her, bothering her. She's got to make cocktails, D. We can't have her just overwhelmed with celebrity on a weekendly basis. Let's be I know we all make the same amount of money, so let's be uh, real. <laughs> oh, because you guys all split tips. Yeah. I thought, listen, if you're going I want to get a picture of Maddie and she's giving you drinks and stuff like that and you're taking a little bit more time. Give her a 
a big tip. Come on, guys. Thank I mean, you. The, I mean, we plugged that shit. I in. listen, I, because listen, I used to, I used to, when I first started doing these shows, I, I did, uh, I, I worked on, uh, I worked at Rainforest Cafe. I was just a waiter, right? I was just, I was a safari guy. And, um, I, you know, the, the, uh, you know, people started knowing and started to recognize it started happening, you know, and I was getting requested to go to this table, that table, this table, that table, you know, I'm at the table, I'm getting, you know, and so, but it wasn't like, it didn't transfer over to anything else. Like, it wasn't like people were like tipping me more because I was like taking five, 10 minutes away from my table to talk to your table. I, and I don't even know if like, you know, the other waiters and waitresses were getting tipped more, but you're screwing yeah. things up. D someone's going to like run into Wes in a mall, ask for a photo and then drop him like $2 and he's going to be yeah. like, what are you doing? What is this? What the yeah. Hey, I heard on challenge yeah. Mania, you guys want to get she tipped. Wore, she's a bartender. That's how they get paid. No, they, for sure. They yeah. work on tips. Yeah. Like, so don't go bother Maddie, but if you run into her in Nashville and if you are in Vegas and go see the Backstreet Boys, go bother Leroy. How about that? Drop Don't a fat tip. Guy. Fives and Don't tens, guys. Guy. Fives and tens only. Fives and tens only. We can see uh, through that tip jar. All right? We don't want to hear any metal <laughs> clanking. No metal clanking at the bottom of that tip jar. I am that asshole Thank sometimes. You. I am that no, asshole. I appreciate that asshole. I was thinking like 20s and 50s. See, yeah, I like, I like the blue faces, but let's not get carried away. <laughs> no, let's not get carried away here. You got people taking highlighters out and putting a blue line through, uh, through Abraham Lincoln. Fives yeah, well, they thought... Fives and tens at Rainforest Cafe would have been nice, all right, when I was a kid, all right? We're like, you know. Well, especially for you. Like I mean, you're place. guiding them through a safari. You're putting 50s, your life at yo. risk. <laughs> I like your mentality. Um, awesome. Well, Maddie, we are going to at some point, we do these things on the road as well at Comedy Clubs Challenge Mania Live. At some point, we will make our way down to Nashville. They got a great club there called Zany's that I'm trying yes, to, I'm I love Zany's. trying to reach out to them. What so, happened to my guy's club? Whiskey Row. Oh, Whiskey Row. We can do there as well. So no, we have a lot of options. No, 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 no. I don't want to go to Whiskey Row. I want to go to Zany's. We have options in what Nashville. We're also talking and working about, uh, New Orleans as well, which I know, um, you don't live there currently, but do you still have family there? Maybe. We talked oh, to you about I'm doing going that there with next us. Weekend. Perfect. And I will say this, this is a first. So I put up the questions thread in on our Facebook group, Facebook.com slash challenge mania podcast. And we got a lot of questions, we got a lot of comments, and one of those, I don't know if you know this, Maddie, but one of those came from your mother. Uh, Shut up. No, I, she did not. I did not know it was in our Facebook group or on our Facebook page, but it says here, I'll read it. My beautiful daughter, oh. she's a warrior. Is your mom's name uh, Janine Shawis Bro? Oh my God, mom! So, wow. your mom, what very sweet. It was awesome. And she said, someone commented, uh, Zyra said, um, we love her. She belongs on the show. And your mom said that she does. So that will be our closing words today. Your adorable yes. mother chiming in over at facebook.com yes. slash Sean's Radio yes. Podcast. Thanks, Thank you so much, mom. Thank you so much, Maddie. We really appreciate you and yeah. talk soon. We'll no. throw this up on, uh, on Thursday. Yeah. Thank you guys. It was my pleasure. We have, we've had a lot of random cameos, Scott, but that one might be the, that one might be it. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. It. That's Thank it. you so much, Maddie. <laughs> Enjoy your Sunday. Thanks, Maddie. Thank Bye. Bye. Thank you, guys. Lucky Land. 
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to ChallengeMania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today. Um, that was great. Maddie Bro, really fun. She fits right in. I have a feeling we haven't seen the last of her on the challenge. We certainly haven't seen the last of her on War of the Worlds yet. She's still playing this game. Um, but yeah, this is a, a good competitor, a good character, and I think she's here for the long haul. What do you think, D? Yeah, man, she's definitely she definitely already like jumps up without seeing even that much. Already jumps up to like, you know, the the, the list of like one of the top girls that's still around. You know what I mean? Obviously, we can't say of all time, but I just feel like she, you know, the way people describe what we've already seen on the field is that you know she's not far off from being one of these like great competitors. You know. Um, you know, we always we always compare Carmaria to being one of the greats, maybe the best of all time. You know, uh, for females, well, you know, we got the Evelyn, we got the Laurels. You know, Car's somewhere in there. She's got two Channel Championships. She's got Champa Stars Championship, and she started off slow. You know what I mean? She would, you know, I feel like Maddie's got like a jump start. You know what I mean? Um, so if she can keep, you know, pumping these out like Cara has. You, you never know, Scott. No, for sure. And she was a great guest on Challenge Mania. So you know what we like to do over here. Send the positivity her way at Maddie L. Bro, B-R-E-A-U-X. Let her know you heard her on Challenge Mania and you enjoyed her thoughts and commentary. Hit us up on Twitter as always. I'm at Shot of Jaeger. He's at Derek MTV. On Instagram, he's at Derek MTV as well. I'm at Scott of Jaeger because I couldn't get at Shot of Jaeger. And then we are Facebook.com slash Challenge Mania Podcast. You can always get us over there. Patrons, if you want to become a patron, go to Patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. And that's where you can get the War Room. Every Wednesday we go live. Not live, but we record while we take your questions in the moment right after the episode airs. And that goes up in the wee hours of the night Wednesday. There's a new episode right now covering last night's episode if you want to check that out. And uh, ChallengeMania.shop is where you get the new gear. ChallengeMania.live is where you get tickets to Denver improv on june the 8th come hang out with me d nehemiah kellyanne emily will be around that weekend if not at the improv at platform strength the next day for our workout with her and d a lot of fun stuff to talk about but i think the main thing we wanted to cover this week so guys the challenge talk is over we're gonna end this podcast by talking about the long night episode of game of thrones from this sunday so see you guys later this ends your time on challenge mania we'll see you in the future boom so- sounds good all right if you're sticking with us if you're still listening it means that you watch game of thrones 
or you don't watch Game of Thrones and you just don't care about spoilers, you just want to hear us talk about weird stuff you want to understand, that's fine too. But you watch Game of Thrones and you are caught up with the season through Sunday's episode. We're going to chat about what happened in the long night. All right? Give everybody ample time to turn this off. I don't want anyone accusing us of spoiling it. Three, two, one, yeah. All right, D, what would you think? I, I still think that first of all it was awesome i mean whether that's your kind of episode last week that everyone loved with everybody talking and getting knighted and having drinks by the fire and you're like yeah it wasn't for me i was like i have a feeling next weekend's gonna be for you yeah yeah and you know we talked about this at some point too you were like you're like i think it's gonna be one episode uh you know the the dead are gonna get wiped out and or something along those lines everyone's gonna die and that's it like there's no way this that there's going to be six episodes or seven episodes of everybody versus the dead and so you were right on that note like did you read that somewhere or was that just a guess what that it was going to be this episode versus the dead and then we're going to move on yeah i mean i kind of you know i read i didn't read it as a fact like this is what's going to happen but just knowing what I know about the show, knowing that to me, the bread and butter of the show has always been the the politics, the human on human interaction, the Cersei and the Daenerys and the Jon Snow and the whose lineage is whose and who has the rightful claim to the throne and, you know, people murdering people. The zombie stuff, although like, you know, episode one of this show, it opens up with people running from the White Walkers. They show you a zombie or a White Walker in episode one. So they're not hiding from it at all. They're like, this is a part of this show but to me it's always been in the peripheral you know it's never to me been the end game to use an avengers term and i think that although it it did pose an interesting threat here and the impending doom that it posed over the entire world it was interesting seeing what humans decided to band together put their differences aside and what humans were like nah you know what we're still we're still villains like cersei that was fun to see it was cool to see this epic battle of good versus evil but i'm glad that that's gone now presumably and now we have three episodes of fallout to see what happens with the people and and to me i was you know when i did some kind of not digging but when i found out that miguel sapochnik was directing this episode he's the guy who did battle the bastards he did uh hard home he's done some of the bigger battle episodes of the show when i saw the running time was 85 minutes you know you're kind of penciling it in for being the big fight that doesn't mean that I knew for sure that, say, the White Walkers and the, the Night King weren't going to win this fight and that would bleed into episode four or five or six. I just kind of thought, you know what, I think we're going to get this out of the way and I think we're going to move on. So, no, it wasn't something that was spoiled for me. It's not something I knew for sure. It was something that a lot of people who kind of follow the show closely had theorized. And it just it seems like it's come to fruition. Yeah. And then the the other thing that that I caught and this was it took me like a day, day and a half to be like, wait a minute. That whole fucking thing was the Red Woman versus the Night King. It was like the Red Woman played quarterback and she used everybody else to fight this battle, including Arya Stark at the end of it, you know, to essentially coach her and tell her, okay, it's your turn to run the ball. You know, go do your thing. It's time. You're going to ki- you, these, you're going to kill a lot of eyes or whatever she said. You're going to close a lot of eyes, including blue ones. And then he, she like set her up at the end. But if you remember, she, like the red woman is like walking, comes in from the dark towards the unsullied, you know, from the direction of the dead. And she's basically like, you know, 
you know, hey, let me help you guys out here real quick. Get ready. And she lights all of their swords on fire. She tells the not the unsullied. What are those called? The ones with the the other uh, Daenerys people guys. What are they called? Uh, the uh, well, there's the unsullied, and then there's the um, the, the guys what? on the horses. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The uh, what's it called? Oh my god, why am I blanking on this? Um, the Dothraki. Thank you, Lindsay. Yeah, the Dothraki. So she she walks in out of the dark and she's like, "Tell your tell your tell the Dothraki to um, lift their swords." And she lights all of them on fire. That's like, you know. And then and then at that point you're like, "Oh wow, they they actually do have a chance because they're going to you know the only way they die is through Dragonstone or um, or, or fire." But then, you know, pretty soon we see the Dothraki go out there and essentially all their flames go out. So, like, how on fire do these guys need to be? Well, that was such a cool way, I thought, visually of just starting this episode off with, like, this is not going to be easy. You know, having them all get lit by Melisandre. They go out there. And these are bad dudes. You know, they're going out there with those, like, sickles or whatever you call them, those circle knives. And now they're all on fire. And they go out there. And just from a distance, you see all those firefly-like lights just evaporate and turn to darkness, which means those guys went down quickly. Now, why did they have to run out there? Why couldn't they wait for them to come to them? I don't know. But um, but that was definitely a cool way to start off the uh, the fight and the episode. Yeah, and, and and later on, you're also like, why didn't they just bring out the dragon sooner to light just light them on fire before you put your your people at risk, right? Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, and this is not real. But I, you, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Why why put your people at jeopardy? Uh, when you can, you have dragons that can just light these guys on fire. Um, but right after that scene where, where, you know, essentially all the fireworks go out and it's quiet and it's silent. Then you see like, you know, horses running back that are like essentially burned, you know, like charred up. And then you see Jorah come back and he's just like, I couldn't tell if like he had lost an eye or, or, or what, but he like made it back and he was like, Clearly not saying any, he retreated. He didn't say a freaking word. He retreated. He, you could, he had the, the look of death on his, you know, on his face, like, or like he had seen a ghost. And, um, you know, and so, you know, just going, just kind of speaking on, you know, what an intense, you know, the intensity that that brought right off the bat, you know? Could you see everything in this episode clearly? Because a lot of the negative feedback this episode has gotten is that it was too dark, too hard to follow. It's, it's weird. It's weird to me, man. I mean, I, I get, look, I've been watching this from day one. How I started watching it from day one, I have no idea. But, um, you know, this is like a, like, it's like a movie. Like I watched a movie. It was an hour and a half long. Um, you know, I had, I fixed my lights, right? Like I'm getting ready to like watch a movie. So it wasn't like I, in like, I was sitting there, you know, watching every scene. If I missed like a sentence because I was filling up my ice cup or my cup with ice, you know, I, I had to rewind because I wanted to hear what they say. So, you know, I, I, I didn't see it like that. I, but then again, you know, my, you know, my feelings and my emotions towards like, you know, that type of battle, battlefields, people like, you know, uh, you know, fighting like that. Like I, uh, my eyes are, are mesmerized by that stuff, you know? So I didn't, I didn't see that, man. I, I loved it. I loved every second of it. 
Um, so I really like the episode too. I think people are kind of overthinking it a little bit. I mean, I look, I can, I can talk about anything that I liked and find things that I thought were a little bit, you know, not perfect. I thought some of the strategic moves by John and Daenerys during this fight were a little, you know, I left a little bit to be desired here. I'm sitting there. There was a part at one point in the episode where John just like parks the dragon down on a rooftop. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Um, I do feel like a lot of the suspense in the episode was a bit kind of, I keep using the word unearned because so let's real quick, let's roll through who, who, who died in this episode. So, you know, we had, um, Ed, one of the old school wall kids, right? He, he dies at the beginning of this episode. He saves Sam and then he goes down. And then he comes back as a zombie. Is, I, that's later not on. Podrick. That's no, that's, not Pod- no, that's Ed. No, Podrick survived. Now I'm going to get to that. So we okay, lose Ed. Ed. Okay, Ed from the wall. Okay, yeah, so Ed from the wall. Me, that, so that's he's exactly. The, he's the the head of the Night's Watch at this point. Okay, right, right, right. So, so did you not know after he saved Sam? Like, were you not like? Did you not call it? I called it. I mean, I was just like, oh, he saved Sam. He's totally going to die right here in front of us. You exactly. Know? I said the same so, thing. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, that's totally going to happen. And then it happened, you know? So. Well, so here's my thing, right? So I'll use that as an example. So when I say that some of the tension was unearned in this episode, it's because you had people like Sam, Podrick, uh, Gendry, Jamie, Brienne, all these people who you thought, oh man, one of these people might die. And they were just swallowed by hordes of zombies for like 20 minutes at a time, 30 yeah, minutes yeah, at a time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you're yeah. like, and you're thinking like, one of them's gonna die because I'm just looking at my clock and I'm like, if this doesn't end now, they have to die. Sam in particular is on the ground, just yeah. covered in zombies. And here's my example. If earlier in the episode he was about to die and then Ed saves him and then Ed dies, how does Sam then make it another, what, four hours of this battle on the ground and without having like a reason for surviving? So listen, Sam, Sam's not making it through the walking dead. All right. Let, let alone. Fast, like, and those are slow zombies. These are super fast, souped up zombies. There's no way Sam's surviving slow zombies. Yeah, let God alone bless fast him. Zombies. I love the guy. Great character. Great actor. <laughs> you know, I know he's probably got to be there at the end. I have my theories for how this series is going to end. I think he's going to start writing a book, The Song of Ice and Fire, at the end of the series. It's going to be like this big circular thing. Like he's essentially George R. R. Martin writing this book. I, I didn't come up with that, but a lot of people have that theory. So I think Sam's sticking around, but that's the reason Sam made it through this. I would have put Sam in the dungeon, put him in the crypt, put him with the other people. Because to me, it's like, how did Tyrion survive? He was in the dungeon. How did Gilly survive? She was in the dungeon. How did Varys survive? I thought Gilly died. I thought she was one of the ones that died initially. No. So everybody who we know that was in the crypt survived. The only people in the crypt who didn't survive are people who we didn't know. Um, So like all those people, it's believable that they survived because they were hiding in the basement. So Sam, I don't buy that Sam survived that whole battle. When you got Jorah and Lyanna Mormont and Ed and these badass fighters are dying in this battle and Sam is surviving. So I get the reason why he has to survive. But then, then, you know, so and Grey Worm's another guy who, you know, he's a badass fighter, so I get it. But you you showed me one too many shots of him covered in zombies. You know, show me a couple moves where these people are like banding together and do it. You know, so they come up with a dope idea. Maybe they, they hide themselves in a thing. Do something like that because to me, I was tense the whole time. I'm on the edge of my seat because I'm thinking we're going to lose like six of these people yeah. and then we don't. So but, it's just kind of magic. Th- but the same reason why you think it's stupid is the same reason why I think it's cool too because so many times I, I got those feelings of like, oh, 
You know, like, oh, yes. no, you so get anxiety. You get this anxiety. Oh, Jamie's yeah. going to die. Oh, Brand's dead. Brand's totally dead. I got that same anxiety. And you I know? got that same anxiety in the Battle of the Bastards then, episode, too, when, and, when John was getting buried in all those bodies. Remember that? Yeah. And then, and then, you know, uh, Grey Worm's just like a couple scenes later, Grey Worm's just like kicking ass in another scene. And then you got, you know, Jamie's still alive kicking ass in another scene. You're like, oh, shit, they're still alive. You know I what I mean? Thought, I thought they did a good <laughs> job. So, for instance, Arya, and you find out why. It's because Arya ends up being the one to ultimately uh, kill the Night King, save the day. But they did a really good job of showing you Arya's story throughout this battle. She, you know, the, the turns and how she's escaping and this and that. It's very believable. And you're on the edge of your seat. You probably, in the back of your mind, think, okay, she's probably not going to die. But between the Hound and Beric Dondarrion helping her, saving her a little bit, Beric Dondarrion going down, she's doing in the tricks of the trade where she's throwing the books to get the uh, the zombies attention sound wise and then she runs away Melisandre comes and helps a little bit they lock themselves in a room for a while it makes sense the other people I named those five names I just rolled off I can sum up them in this fight in one sentence which is they were swamped by zombies the entire time and I don't know how they survived you know, they didn't do anything they were just up against a wall with people it looked like people were eating them and biting them and stabbing them the whole time so I don't know if these were just like the it, worst zombies they had happened to be the ones on them, but look in the end, in the end, like the, 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 the supporting characters, not like the main figureheads had died. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it wasn't, it was like, you know, the people that you could lose, it wasn't like one of these like main characters. The closest you died. got to a main character death was Theon, who's been around since episode one of the show. Um, but Theon, oh, over, yeah. the course, uh-huh. over the course of uh, eight seasons here, Theon has been a villain. Theon yeah. has been reek. Theon has been deplorable. Theon, yeah. you know, yeah. we were sort of ready for Theon to go. And in the, in the way that he does, he ends up redeeming himself to a certain degree. So I would argue that although lengthwise he's been a part of the show for as long as anyone, he really isn't like a grade a character i'd consider him like b level jorah also was in the episode one of the yeah. show he's been I, around for a while but again more of a supporting character he's the guy who defends khaleesi who's in the friend zone with khaleesi he's not khaleesi so to me we well, didn't lose a khaleesi a sansa a Tyrion, a jamie uh a brienne even because i'd argue she's even, beloved enough to yeah, pick her in you know yeah. john snow we didn't lose anything like that and i'm okay with it because i do think we are going to lose some of these people in episodes four five and six and i think we're going to lose them to actual human contact to human malice i think you're going to see someone get executed someone get beheaded someone get poisoned and you're going to attribute it to another human you know now these people are just getting killed by random zombie number five random white walker number 12 you don't really care as much you're not as emotionally invested i think the hound survived because we're going to see the hound versus the mountain in the what they call the clegane bowl i think Brienne and Jamie and, and Tyrion, one of them is going to get killed probably by Braun, you know, and that's going to mean more than them going down to zombie number 41. So I think episodes four, five and six are going to be awesome here. And I'm glad that we have, look, I don't need, I didn't need necessarily another major death for this episode to be, it wouldn't have made it any better. I don't think if we say lost Brienne or lost Jamie, I don't think so. Knowing what happened, knowing that at the end, it's just, you know, Arya ex machina comes in with her little, you know, side knife thing and, and kills the night King and it's over. I'm kind of glad we didn't lose anybody major in this battle. Yeah, I do. I think that Jorah, you know, Jorah was a ma- a major character, though. Yeah. Um. He, I mean, he came back, right? But. He- 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You're right. We lost him somewhere in the mix. And then, we, we like you said, we were ready for, like, he, like for Theon, uh, what's his Theon, name? Theon. Theon could have died. Theon yeah. could have died. Yeah. It's all right. And and so let's talk about what I thought was the one death that after last week's episode, I think a lot of people thought, okay, probably going to lose Theon, probably going to lose Barrack, probably going to lose Ed. Some people thought we were probably going to lose Grey, Grey Worm. We I thought we were losing Grey Worm for sure. The, like I thought number Grey one. Worm, the worst thing you could do before going into battle is like plan your vacation post-battle, which is like what him and Mel, uh, uh, Missandei were doing. And a, a lot of people thought he was going to – the one person that it makes total sense that she could, she's, you know, kind of a frivolous character, but she's so well liked is Liana Mormont, the little girl who goes down at the hands of the giant and she stabs him in the eye. She takes the giant down with her, but she dies. That was a bit of a surprise. So yeah, that was cool. That was, that was really, really cool. And I think that that was more of like, you know, the, the more mind blowing moment of the, of the of the episode, I think mm-hmm. that that was the one. I think that was the death. I agree. That was probably the the most surprising and the most like compelling and iconic because you you're seeing like the giant who we all loved, right? Like we all loved the wildling giant, and then uh, you know he comes back as a bad guy, and then he's squeezing her to death, and um and she she stabs him and kills him. She she takes down like a you know this this huge you, you know. Uh, offense uh for for the dead you know just to fi- just to come to find out later on that the that the night king can just raise all the dead anyway so it was never ending anyway but um are you surprised because i was a bit surprised that so everybody called this from a mile away they're like all right why everyone's so obsessed with hiding in the crypt around a bunch of dead bodies when you're fighting a guy who can raise the dead is beyond me. But everyone kind of thought, okay, this is obviously a plot device. We're going to see some like old famous characters come back to life. And so they're sitting there next to Ned Stark's body and presumably Catelyn Stark's body and all these uh, little fingers body, maybe who knows. And, and we don't see anybody like that come back to life in the crypt. It's all just kind of no name skeletons. Were you surprised there? Had you done that math at all? No, I, what do you, what do you mean? Who was dead in the crypt? So oh, you're so they're hanging out in the crypt with a bunch of dead bodies. They're essentially in a cemetery. Oh, that's where they yeah. keep all the famous dead bodies of, of Winterfell. Oh. Mm. See, this is what happens to you when you listen to seven to ten Game of Thrones podcasts a week. You're like seven notches ahead of the game with this stuff. Where then this stuff doesn't happen, and you want to talk about how the stuff that wasn't even supposed to happen didn't happen. And you're like, huh? What do you mean that they were supposed to come back to life? That's just what us nerds had penciled in as like, well, that's a guarantee. Why would they hang out in the crypt? Why would they have them hang out in the crypt? That makes no sense. Um, so let's get out of here by talking about the end, which is Arya Stark ends up being the one to take down the Night King. How does that make you feel, D? 
Oh, that was that was an awesome move. Yeah. Everyone should learn that move. I feel like I feel like that should that should be in like a like a a, a combat class. You know, like if they're teaching you you know whatever Krav Maga or Krav Maga. Yeah, Krav Maga or some Krav sort of Maga hand- is like the name of like a some sort of a backyard boil back where uh, Maddie's from in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like everyone. Should, I feel like if there's a combat course out there, that 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 move should be learned. Yeah. You know. Um, yes. No. I thought it's cool and fitting that Arya was the one to take down this guy because, to be honest with you. Seeing how John has done in like not just this battle, but the Battle of the Bastards, where he gets bailed out by the Knights of the Vale, he was buried in that. But like he did not deserve to win that fight. He went out there before he should have because he went to go chase down Rickon, his brother who had just been shot with an arrow. That was a bad strategic move. I thought he was bad strategically in this episode. He's getting surrounded by zombies and he's got this blue dragon chasing him. Daenerys would be dead if it wasn't for Jorah. So I wouldn't have bought it if one of them took down the Night King. Arya, who who's been training with like all the baddest assassins in the world since episode five of this show, you know, and has learned how to sneak up on people has trained and can actually beat Brienne in hand to hand combat and has weapons for days. You know, she's the only one using these small little weapons. Everybody's got these big weapons. You probably wouldn't be able to get the night King in that manner. And she was the one to do this. So I thought that was dope. I thought, I thought that the, once uh, the night King killed Theon, I thought that, I was like, get up, Theon, get up, get up, get up. And I thought that he may have, you know, I was like, he could have pulled a move like, you know, the little girl that, that got killed by the, by the, by the giant. I was like, he could have totally had something in his, like his, in, in, in his, but in did his, you think uh, they were going to give the glory to Theon. No, like, but I, but you're still like watching like, come on, get up. Come on. Tell me you got something left. And you know, he, he kind of like moves his neck to like, look at him. You know, and you, it gives you like a, a thought like maybe, and then I was, he was dead. That was it. He was just dead. Um, but, uh, but also, um, and, and you, before we get to the end, we gotta get, we gotta talk about the red woman essentially committing suicide and leaving the game. But before we get there, um, yes, you know, the Daenerys try, you know, like John getting up and, not going to Daenerys and then the dragon getting mauled, you know, by, by all these white walkers also. Um, I thought that was pretty compelling too, you know, because you see like the dragon trying to fly up and all these white walkers are on him, like eating him away. Did any of those, dra- did one of those dragons or two of them survive? Um, both the good dragons survive. Okay. Both the good dragons survive. Um, and then Jon Snow, like Daenerys comes down and she like saves him, right? And she's basically like, get on the dragon. And he's like, no, uh, he's like, Bran, I'm going to go after Bran. He starts going after the Night King, uh, you know, amongst all these, you know, dead white walkers around him. And like you said, you know, we thought he was, you know, the Night King raises all of them, laughs at him, raises them all. And like, we thought that John was going to die there. Um, I forget how he survives. Um, oh, Daenerys saves him, right? Daenerys saves him and then he won't go with her. So how it went? What are you talking about? So, so when he, how does Jon Snow get out of after the Night King raises the dead? Oh, well, no, he's, he's basically, he's fighting off, uh, White Walkers and then he's basically, uh, just running from that dragon and hiding every five seconds. And if Arya hadn't taken out the Night King when she did, he probably would have been done. Yeah. And then we got Daenerys like, you know, fighting off like her first, you know, fighting in her first fight. Right. With the with the sword. I honestly I will say this about like it being hard to see and everything like that. 
I thought that the dragon fighting was really hard to like have a grasp on what was going on. It was hard for me to follow. Well, I mean, they're flying around and they're shooting fire. Like it's not, I don't think it was supposed to be that compelling. It was, they, they were like barely hitting each other, you know? But I couldn't tell like who was near who, how close they were to the Winterfell. Like, you know, I just, that was one of the things that I'm sure it looked great and the dragons looked really convincing, but you know, I just, I, I was having trouble finding it. I couldn't tell who was getting the better of who. I don't, I don't think that the drag, the dragons were like in a duck, in a cloud of like, you know, smoke or ice or whatever. I don't think that the dragons knew where they were. I think that was the problem is like when they collided, they, they collided. They didn't actually like, like the, one of the dragons didn't like actually hit the other dragon. They like, collided because they couldn't see i think that was a problem for them too oh good good to know they had the same issues that i did um (laughs) what else do you want to get out of here uh get to before we get out of here correct me if i'm wrong yeah but from the beginning it seemed like the red woman knew what was happening she even walked in and told I, i forget who uh, not Jora, but someone that was really surprised to see her. Who was really surprised to see so her? When Davos, she so class? Davos, here's, I'll yes. catch you up on that. So Davos is pissed because she was like, you know, integral and responsible for, um, Shireen getting killed. So Shireen was, Shireen was the daughter of Stannis Baratheon with the grayscale. And she basically orchestrates her sacrifice. They basically burn her at the stake. And once Davos found out that she did that, he basically said, if I ever see you again, I'm going to kill you. So when she walks in there today to save the day, Davos is like, whoa, I don't even – you know I'm going to kill you. And she's like, don't worry. You don't have to kill me. I'll be dead by nightfall or whatever, by, by right. sun, sunrise. By dawn, right. Yeah, and she was right because basically as bad as she's been over the course of these eight seasons, it seems like her goal has essentially been to carry out the will of the, the Lord of Light – who essentially I think we, we, we gather is fighting for good. The problem was along the way she misinterpreted some of these prophecies and she thought that Stannis was the, you know, the prince who was promised and she thought that it was the right thing to do to, to kill Shailene. And I think now she finally, or Shireen, I think she now got a grasp on it and she realizes that these are the people she should be helping and she did her part. She got some key assists in this game, you know? Yeah. She played like, she was like Jason Kidd in that, in that Mavericks finals, uh, when they won in what was it, 2011. And Jason Kidd, you know, late season for Kidd. He's not the all-star he used to be, but a few key plays, a few key assists. Beginning, lighten those knives for the Dothraki. Of course, it doesn't end up working, but then lighten the trough there, the uh, the trench, I should say. That Multiple helped times. a little bit. Yeah. Multiple and then times. also motivating Arya to go and kill the Night King, because I don't know if you picked up on that, but she reminded Arya of a couple of their old conversations. So there was a conversation that Arya – this is also stuff that you get when you are a major Game of Thrones nerd. Um, season one, the guy who trained Arya uh, – I forget his name, but who taught her how to sword fight and everything like that. He told her the thing about when death you know, stares you in the face, what do you say? You say not today, whatever. She drops that line. And then she also said the thing about that she had told Arya in earlier seasons when she saw her. She said, you're going to take many lives. You know, uh, you're going to take, look, look many eyes in the eyes and, and take their lives, you know, green eyes, brown eyes and blue eyes. And she recites that and she makes it a point to say blue eyes because who has blue eyes? The Night King. Yeah. So, yeah, she, so but, she it, played a big part. Three is three key assists. That was, yeah. a, you know, and and the Red Woman was on Arya's to kill list, by the way. She was. And look, 
I, I don't know if you remember, but way earlier on, and I want to say season three or so, they reveal that the red woman this whole time has been this very, very old woman. And she's basically using magic to walk around like a fairly young, redheaded, good looking presentation. Yes. Uh, we saw her very early on. And so what she did was, I guess she realized her job was done here. She had carried out the, the will of the, the Lord of the Light. She had successfully helped conquer the Night King. And then she walks out into the snow, takes off her necklace, and bing, bang, boom, she's done. She kills herself. Yeah. And she essentially, her her work was done. Yeah. I think that the, the, because there's more than one red woman. There's more, there's more red witches. There are. She's the one that we know about and that we have kind of been, you know, focusing on. There are a couple that have popped up for an episode here and, and whatnot. But yeah, she's the main one. I feel like if they're going to do like multiple spinoffs and, it could very well be multiple. They're I don't know what you've heard. One, they're filming one right now, but it takes place a thousand years before the events of Game of Thrones. Oh, well, see, in like the, the, the you know, like how old was the Red Woman? Like a thousand years old, maybe? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I, well, I feel like I feel like she like they could have like a uh, she could be a spin- character in that. It, she, yeah. 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 Like, you know, the beginning of how she looked and how it all began for her, because um, you know, they were doing some fucking weird shit, you know, killing the little girl and, you know, King's blood and, uh, you know, um, you know, yeah. So I don't know. Um, but I, I still think she had, she, she knew what the hell was going on, you know, and it was, it was the light versus the dark essentially. And she was, she knew what was happening. She wasn't scared. She called the shots, you know? Yeah. So, although, Although, you know, although Arya, you know, gets, you know, makes the final kill, I still think that she was the uh, the MVP, the Red Woman. Interesting. MV- See, you would give the MVP to the Red Woman. See, I would say she had those key assists. And, and typically, so you have those finals. So there's been a finals where Andrea Gudala won MVP. We've seen an NBA finals where Tony Parker won, where not necessarily the all-star, the, the, the main alpha dog on the team wins, but in those seasons where that alpha dog does have that big play, does come up with the big win, Michael Jordan's winning MVP. LeBron James is winning MVP. Kevin Durant's winning MVP. And in this one, because of the way she sealed the deal, I think you got to give Arya the MVP. Well, or in the war room, what we would call the Medal of Honor. Well, if you if you remember, like it all it all stop like it all stops and they disappear when the Red Woman in Arya. Um, and, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the hound. the hound, they're all in the room right there. And she's basically like, come with me. It's your time. Let's go. And like basically says there, there it is. There's your layup right there. It, but we don't see exactly what it said. It just, it disappears with the red woman basically saying it's time. Let's go. It's going to happen now. You know, it's like, she knew that we are here. You are the one. Go put the knife in 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 the king, uh, in the night king. You know, and then it happened. So again, I think there's more magic behind this thing than than just you know the civilians essentially winning the game. Yeah. Well, it was a fun episode, fun episode to talk about, fun episode to critique. And I do think we have some really fun episodes coming down here, uh, with four, five, and six. I think this is where it gets back to its roots. No more Night King, no more zombies, no more White Walkers, but we do have everything that comes with that. So what we have is we have a very, very, uh, 
tepid army presence from Daenerys now. I mean, you saw it. A lot of those Unsullied are gone. A lot of those Dothraki are gone. So now we're going to have war with Cersei and the uh, the Golden Company and uh, Euron Greyjoy. And now it might be closer to even. They do still have two dragons, but they don't have all of that backup. A lot of those people are gone. So well, let me ask you this: Why don't you, if they're if they're all on the water, why don't you just go and burn their boats? Like that's the easiest yeah. thing to do, right? We gotta find. I I wouldn't be surprised if one of these dragons gets taken down via a huge crossbow or something because two dragons is hard to believe that they don't overcome pretty much anything. we've seen it in lord of the rings haven't we is it lord of the rings that that they they kill dragons well we saw it in uh well we, we saw the night king kill a dragon in in the game of thrones and we also saw a dragon get injured by bronze crossbow in the episode oh. of last season the oh. spoils of war which had the loot train battle um oh. a good episode did- to go back and watch Oh, okay. So there was. I thought. I thought. I, I thought from this, the Lord of the Rings series or something along those lines, or The Hobbit or something like that. They fucking shot a dragon. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Different um, show. Well, dip, speaking of a different show, thank you for sticking around and listen, listening to us talk about a completely different show here on Challenge Mania. And I uh, hope you enjoyed both episodes this week. D Nguyen, hit her up at Miss D Nguyen on Twitter and Maddie L. Bro. Let her know if you liked her episode, which was today's. And we hope to see you guys at the Denver Improv on June the 8th. You know to check out all our sponsors, Brooklinen. You know to check out Quip. You know to check out Brewmate. And, of course, Patreon.com slash Challenge Mania. I'm at Shadow Yeager. He's at DerekMTV on Twitter. Let us know if you have anything to share with us about Game of Thrones, about Challenge Mania, about whatever you want to discuss with us. If you're nice about it, we will respond. All right, D, talk soon. Thanks, everybody. Later. All right, guys, this ends your time here on Challenge Mania. Take care of yourselves, and hopefully we'll see you in the future. Have you ever wanted to do your best impression of CT carrying Johnny Bananas around like a backpack on Cutthroat? Well, now you can with the M-Pack, the fully functional backpack that doubles as a weight training pack. And our girl Emily Schramm is nice enough to hook up Challenge Mania listeners with 15% off your entire order. Just go to www.thempack.com slash mania and enter the code mania at checkout. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Scott, who do you think I am? Leonardo Decathlon? I'm not ready to carry an impact full of weights yet. I sit around listening to you and D all day and watching Vendetta's trailers. Well, MPAC also has really cool-looking gear as well. They've got soft, comfy sweatpants, a really dope hat, T-shirts, and some other gear that looks good on everyone and makes awesome gifts for the active person or challenge fan in your life. So if you want to show some love to one of the nicest challenge competitors around, Emily Schramm, and support the Challenge Mania podcast, all while scoring some sick new threads, workout gear, or backpacks in the process, go to www.thempack.com slash mania. And remember to use the code mania to get 15% off your whole order. Not 10%, we're talking 15% off. Anybody who cops some gear sends DNI a picky sporting it, we'll be sure to retweet you, shout you out on the show, and show you some love. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.